Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the Tedcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to our Buttercups and our listeners. We are deep diving Wayne, season one, episode two, No Priests. I'm your host, Coach Castleton. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. Uh, that was, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, thanks, Coach. And, uh, of course, with us is our boss, Emily Chambers. Guys, good news. I still don't have cancer. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> that is, that is good chance. news. Um, listen, we, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna jump into this pretty quickly. I want to say... Um, I want to thank uh, all the uh, Buttercups and all the listeners who have written in. Um, I appreciate everyone sticking with us. I know that Wayne feels tonally very different from Ted Lasso. I really I understand that. The experiential part of it, the part that we're trying to get to, there, there is a there is a method to our madness. And the thing that I want people to understand is like the the shows that we cover, the shows we're going to cover, there will be a pendulum. It will swing. Um, sometimes it's going to be focusing on one element of the Ted Lasso experience. Sometimes it's going to be focusing on another element. I can sit here and tell you what I want you to get out of Wayne. I could do that. Um, it feels like cheating a little bit. I, 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 there is, there are quite a few things I'd like you to get out of Wayne as a, as a listener. Um, but the biggest thing is to come at it from a place of curiosity and not being judgmental. Um, beauty hides in the strangest places and, before we saw Ted Lasso, before Ted Lasso was part of our experience, we had no idea that this was a place we would find joy and happiness in. And I challenge people to stick with us through the Wayne experience to see if you can find a similar type of beauty. In I, I would second that encouragement. And I'm, I am only millimeters ahead of the buttercups because it's new to me. You're introducing me to it as well. I will say uh and 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 uh to just extend this to those buttercups out there who are really concerned about the safety of um coach castleton's family and anyone he loves um <laughs> this shit is violent and, and and i am recognizing that my specifically the violence that my, I, I am guessing that if you were to, uh, that I'm above the median tolerance for violence amongst uh, Ted Lasso viewers. So I don't know if we want to like give some heads up going into stuff like, hey, uh, you might want to look out for X, Y, or Z. But there were definitely a couple moments where I thought, oh dear, that is a lot. <laughs> that is, oh, X. Hello. Oh. Uh, so anyway, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that on the uh, or for those of you who maybe fast forward or peek through your fingers, don't you know? Maybe we, we can kind of allow for that because there were definitely some. I'm again my my tolerance level. I'm like, all right, this is what we're doing, but I could definitely see someone saying this is pretty freaking far from Randy Dohas, and uh, whoo, yeah. Even at his most violent, this is still above and beyond. Um, I, but actually, I, I, so I get both of your points. On the one hand, 
I think tonally, there are some themes, not tonally, I should say, uh, yes. thematically, there are some issues about connection and loneliness and working to become a better person and those types of things, tonally, completely all over the place. I think it's uh, what actually draws most people to shows like that, though. I did a post uh, on The Antagonist, because I do write things sometimes, about how if you love Ted Lasso, you should watch The Bear. And I feel like The Bear is another one of those where you're like, hey, hey, honey, the, the sweet Ted Lasso soft fans, you can't, you can't put them into the middle of that kitchen because it's going to make them nuts. But I think actually for a lot of us, um, the softness is not always what you're necessarily mm-hmm, looking mm-hmm. for. So I, I do think that there are ways of connecting it with a lot of other shows, things that we're looking for, especially when it's very clear that uh, the main character is trying to make people understand him in a way that other shows don't necessarily address, like getting their viewpoint out into the world, even if Wayne is not interested in uh, cultivating followers. No, and actually interesting. What's interesting to me just to, to, to touch on that. I may be, uh, pivoting into the actual dive uh, too soon. But it struck me as you were saying that, that Wayne is 180 degrees from Ted in any number of ways, but in one way in particular, which is he ain't sitting around waiting for your motherfucking apology. I don't know who told you to grab your girlfriend like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm about to put this. And and then how'd you come up with that motherfucking plan? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, bro? You came up with that plan on the fly? Like that is some goddamn John Rambo back to the 80s shit. What the fuck was that? When I saw how he then used the, because I was like a bike lock. And when, he, when I saw how he used the bike lock, I was like, oh my God. Like, I am so glad I'm on Wayne's side. I am so glad because that is wow. Like, that feels like heading down the Hannibal Lecter. Oh, they handed me a pen and now I'm back to killing shit. Yeah. It it reminded me, Bob Spurgers is one of my other favorite shows. Uh, There's a scene where, love Bob Spurgers. There's a scene where Bob wakes up from a nightmare saying I'm killing Teddy, one of his best friends. Cause he gives him hamburgers every day and he's worried about his health. And so he wakes up terrified and says, I'm killing Teddy. And his wife, Linda immediately wakes up and says, you're going to kill Teddy. All right. The car's gassed up. That's good. I guess I could homeschool the kids. And he's like, no, Lynn, I'm not <laughs> going to kill him. Like with the burgers. Oh, okay. I was, I was just trying to be supportive. <laughs> So like it is one of those where it's like, right, how did right. you come up with that? that, that was, you just yeah, had that right. ready to that go. Red. That was it. It was there. Did it was just, in the. That's your go bag. Is you're like I just it, oh, no man. problem. You know, it was. Uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, coach. Well, coach. I appreciate you giving voice to that because I know some people go. Uh, coach Castle's lost his damn mind. Co- coach, while watching this episode, blurted out like, "You're going to do this to the Buttercups? I can't believe you're going to do this to a Ted Lasso audience." I, was, I understand. I, that I was, really do understand. That was some percentage joke, but yeah, part of me what is like, oh my, oh my, my sweet buttercups, my sweet sweet buttercups. I don't think the buttercups are fragile. 
See, that's the difference. I think the and no, I, no, could no, be I wrong. think you're right. I, could, I, I, I do not find. I think they are. I think they're wise, and I think they're um, experienced. And in, in our look at all of our all of our data suggests that our audience is smarter. And and they're a bunch of veterans, like they've just been through life. They've ha- had hard times. They've had situations. We have a lot of parents of uh, neurodiverse children. We have a lot of uh, uh, people who um, are not are uh, have lived in the uh, LGBTQ world. We have a lot of people who um, have had injuries. Like you know, we have our, our audience is made up of of survivors and and stalwarts and um, you know people who are tough and smart. Now, my challenge here is to say, I've always been fascinated by you know marginalized people and um, and how they cope and how they endure in a world where, you know, you could be a, uh, a you know upper middle class white man in a world that des- that is designed for upper middle class white men and still feel like I can barely get through the day. So what if you're not that? Well, how, how do you get through the day if you're everybody else? Um, and so there's a level of authenticity to Wayne that I really like and that I really wanted to, to share. And like I said, it's 10 episodes. They're not going to make a second season to my knowledge. Um, I think everyone's aged out of the roles by now. Uh, but uh, I think it's um, I think it's important. And I think that some of the things, some of the concepts that are brought up are really, really tailor-made for our type of analysis. So. Um, that's that's the concept. Feel free to keep writing in. You know, I've, I've heard everything. I've heard I've heard people say what coaches say was saying, and I've also heard people say like, "Oh my god, I'm." You know, people have already finished oh, the show. Uh, like people started it last week, and then they through. could yeah. not stop no, it's, watching. It's, it's and, excellent. Uh, yeah, it's, they were. Just it, like, it is. It is excellent. Yeah, this is my jam. Yeah, um, and so listen, it's it's a it's a it's a dalliance, and but uh, the, I have the next show already queued up. I know what the next show is, and that the next show is so soft and cuddly. That it's it's going to make people like they're going to be like oh okay like but it's re- it's really that's the thing I'm saying the pendulum will swing and and in the middle of it we're going to experience all sorts of things I have shows on the I have this now Bible for the podcast about sort of what we're gonna how we're gonna do it how we're gonna approach things what messages we're gonna we're gonna uh, sort of try try to e- explore what sort of what sort of themes uh, that that are relatable to the Ted Lasso world. It's all. It all comes from this place of being um, curious and not judgmental, and trying to sort of experience as much of the of uh, what the entertainment world offers us and what we can glean from it as human beings, trying to find the things that we're all trying to find together. So, for the patience, for the trust, for the love, for the companionship, for the kindness, for the sincerity, for the honesty, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners and all of our buttercups because. You know, you, you know, this is what this is why we do it. This is this is the whole point, and uh, we couldn't be happier to have you along on this ride with us. So, um, let's get to um, the experience I just had. I'm worried Wayne. about everybody else, but nobody's looking out for me. Nobody's protecting Orlando. Nobody's like, oh, this is. <laughs> Borderline traumatic. Maybe we should look out for the guy. No, nobody gives a shit. That's fine. That's fine. No, no, no. I I'm loving this show, and there's a there's there's something that's being pulled off here that I actually envy. Um, and I know, and 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 I mean that in the best possible way. I'll tell a quick story. 
I'm friends um, with a guy named Kemp Powers, and he is a writer. And his uh, he wrote um, One Night Miami, um, uh, amongst some other things. And I was at the first reading for One Night in Miami. I'm I'm actually an associate producer for the first uh, run of One Night in Miami that happened in L.A. Like you know, arrange the after party for the premiere kind of stuff. And and so he invites. He, I kind of vaguely had mentioned to me he was writing this thing, and told me the very very basics. And then I went to this reading, and I walked to him, I walked up to him after the reading and said. I am so jealous that I didn't write that. I will do anything I can do to help you get that made. You let me know. It's it's the best thing you can hear as a writer. The coach said it to me one time. Uh, one time he read the script I wrote. I know which one. And he had been laughing for hours. Crying. Right. Was, and he said, like, fuck A. This <laughs> motherfucker wrote this. Yeah, no, like, was really? really? That, that that was very funny, by the way. That was like some of the funniest shit I've ever read by anybody. That was very that was very funny script. But but yeah. But the, like as yeah. a as a writer though, you that's yeah, the yeah. nicest thing you can say to anyone. God damn I wish, it, I wish I, 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 I and, and I'm watching yeah. this and going, how are you walking a razor's edge of sweetness? Okay, that's its own thing. Legit comedy. Like they are they are legit laugh for me at least, laugh out loud moments with choices people make and the things they say and the situations that get set up. And then the obvious wounding of pe- like people who are obviously wounded and troubled and the 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 sort of ugliness and violence that comes out of that. I mean, to have this character who just steals shit Right. And what all that actually like the more we're learning about, the more we're like, the for me, at least the more I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot going on with this kid. Like you, you can you can detach from. These characters, you can detach from characters when you watch things. And it's like, oh, this is the hard scrabble, blah, blah, blah. But this is a traumatized child. There is zero point zero chance that. She's not absolutely traumatized. Look at who raised her. Look at who her fucking brothers are. Look at the whole situation. And yet there are these moments where she just gives a little smile or whatever. And I'm like, putty. I'm like, I like I wanna like I just wanna I want to go get her. I wanna go, come on, come on, come to LA with me. These people crazy. If you wanna bring Wayne with you, he can. Tell him I said simmer down. But he can come too. But I really like it's it's I'm 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 deeply impressed by this show. I'm two episodes in, and I am like, wow, this is some of the best stuff I've seen. So I definitely need to agree with the characterization that she is traumatized, and uh, Dell has a lot of baggage, and we see that through her stealing and shoplifting that we see later. Um, this is where I need to go on the record and say that I uh, am not just okay with, but actively support stealing from large corporations. It, every chance I can, I, I will. This. I will steal. I, I don't care. It, it, uh, sorry, Target. I will steal from you as often as I can. And I don't necessarily shoplift, but if I can that. figure out a loophole on a return in order to get some money, one, one of those yeah, one no, of those big it. red balls they put out in front, just roll it into your trunk. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 
Absolutely. I have not from small, well, no, not from small restaurants because that never feels okay. But a larger, like, especially right, right. a franchise restaurant, if there's a cute piece of silverware, I'm this taking is fantastic. it. Like, it's so cheap for them to begin with. Glassware. I stole four tulip glasses for a buddy of mine, just like one at a time in my giant purse from various bars across Chicago. Mm hmm. I will steal. I will always steal. And I like little glimpses so, into your personal uh, life. <laughs> I um I grew up as part of a family business, so we had an industrial supply business where we would um you know, you'd come in and we had eighty six thousand different products. So the reason we had eighty six thousand mm-hmm. different products is my dad's a donkey and Somebody would come in and go, hey, do you have this packing seal for this pump or whatever, the seal for the pump, or do you have a grease seal, or do you have an O-ring? Or, and he'd say, oh, sure, I'll get it for you, whatever. And now he would have to buy 200 O-rings. He could buy one O-ring oh, for 80 bucks. Jesus. Or he could buy 200 O-rings for 20 bucks or something, right? So he'd buy the 200, and they'd say, okay, now everything else we sell is profit. Of course, we right, almost right. never sold three more. Well, that's right. not true. Eventually... Right, exactly. That's that's that was how we got eighty six thousand products, and um, so, but people we had a tiny little crappy storefront in a in a, a shit uh, city uh, called Worcester, Massachusetts, um, which is I, I, I have uh, I've railed against Worcester so many times in so many ways. I I, I almost don't know how to how to continue, but um, it's a place that I think sucks like. It's actually gotten really nice now. So in fairness to Worcester, people are really trying hard. They're doing a, a lot to change the place. It never feels like it changes to me. I think it's probably my trauma more than anything um, because you go to certain places in Worcester, you're like, holy shit, the great restaurants, amazing nightlife, whatever. It's like really, it's really, I see why people like it now. Um, I still like, you know, if I had the power, it would I would, I would suck it down into the earth like That's Sodom funny. and Gomorrah. I just, just like one of those places that just leaves its mark on you. But on this uh, this little crappy storefront thing we had, we had you know traffic cones and snow shovels. We used to do snowplow repair. We basically had every little stupid thing anybody in industry could need. So a guy would be out uh, doing his you know plowing drive plowing driveways or plowing uh, uh, parking lots, and they would bust a hose and they would come in and we would fix it, We'd replace hydraulic hoses, things like that. But people would come in and steal. And I know, boss, you're not. I know that you're not um, advocating for like small. You know, so you said specifically like, oh, big, large, multinational yeah, conglomerates. Oh, yes, yes. No. I, banks. If I could steal from a large bank, yeah. I mean, not like a holdup, but like, I will. I, if somebody left twenty five dollars in front of Bank of America, I am taking that. That is mine now. So here's the thing. Like, I feel like so, so especially in this part of of um, in the world, up in up in New England. We, we talk about how stealing from insurance companies is the only righteous, like that's righteous. If you can rip off yes. an insurance company, yes. because their whole that job, is, their, their reason for existence right, is to right. rip you that's, off. That's called, so you that's just called rip justice, off the ripper, right. you know, that's called, ju- right. Yeah, that's God's plan. So I understand that. I also know that like, I think it determines, yeah, I talk about how much intent matters to me whenever my kids get in an altercation of any kind or what I was like, let's talk about intent. Let's, you got in an argument with your friend. What was their intent? Like, let's talk about intent. And, but equal to that for me is how do I feel after I've done the deed? So if I pilfer something, how do I feel? And I always feel fucking terrible. Now, maybe that's the residue of a Judeo-Christian upbringing. Maybe that's the, right, some sort of weird, 
thing where again, coach and I try to be a good boy, try to be good boys or whatever that that is. But the the thievery, I know, I know, I know, I feel great when I return stuff, and I feel terrible in, in the very few times that I've taken stuff. So it's like it just. This is why, why people are different. We're wired differently. I, I don't. I can't ever remember a time I took something and felt like justified in it. I was like, "Fuck!" I, they're probably going to look for that, or you know, like it, it, it's happened so few times that I just don't. You know, it's not part of my ethos. So, boss is laughing her head off. <laughs> boss is like, count the "I gave." Did you just hear me explain that I gave someone a full set of glasses, not a glass? I gave like. Because yeah, no. I don't want you to have to live like a savage when people come over. I want them to know that you've got class. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah. So, this yes. is very funny. It's, I, I was also thinking about how you immediately feel terrible and feel bad about it. And how when I open my silverware drawer and I see one of the tiny little forts that I stole from an upscale seafood place that does not need that 45 cents that the fork is worth that I smile and I'm like, oh, that's so cute. Look at that little fork that I have. It's so adorable. I'm so proud of myself. Phenomenal. Okay. But yeah, they don't, they don't need, <laughs> theoretically need it, but oh my God. Cause it's like, who are the fuck are you to take their shit? Okay. It makes me okay. crazy. I'm like, I don't, so I can't, here's the only I, we thing. used to feel it. We used to really feel it. Someone come in and steal like a snow shovel. And I'm like, how the fuck did they get out of here without a snow shovel? And we couldn't even afford a, a camera system, so we had the fake cameras, like the, cameras oh, yeah, the look, dummy cameras, you know? like and then the also yeah, yeah, the yeah, dummy yeah. cameras. But also, like a couple times, people got chased by some of our workers, and then like they would, you know, you like open yourself up. to There's all kinds of rules that you're not aware of. Like if you beat somebody up, or you know, let's say you grab oh, the yeah. shovel back and you hit him with the shovel to defend yourself, like you're actually the one. So it's it gets really weird with the law, and like that's why when you have big like. Uh, big conglomerates, they'll say, "Yeah, don't chase the shoplifter. Let him go. It's worth. Yeah, no, it's not it's worth fine. the the tr- They they just they can rack it up to shrinkage, but a small business can't do that. Small business yeah, like no, you don't. feel that fucking that stolen thing. And so I always yeah, this, I always think of our family when I do it, and I go, "I'm not going to do it with somebody else's family." Well, so this is why I'm making it intentionally class warfare because no, absolutely a, a small owned business, I would never in a million years. Um, but I should also mention. A friend of mine who lives in Chicago, and she also will go out to dinners. And because she is less of a sociopath than I am, she will say to the waitstaff, oh, my God, this little serving dish is so adorable. Where can I get one? And they'll say, just take that. Like, I'll just bring you one. It's fine. You you just have it. So I'm 99% uh, sure that if I said the same thing, they'd be like, fucking take that fork. It doesn't matter. That's but what I, I was going to say. That's not the same. It's not, I, I, I'm liking no. your sort no. of like Robin Hood 2.0 of like rob from the rich and keep it in my house. I like it. I, I like it. I like yes. that it's just like, yeah. no, nah, there's no, there's, screw you. I've been getting screwed all week and it's your turn. I like it. It's, yeah, it's just a little bit, just, just a touch. But if Bank of America will screws up my statement and I get an extra $400, mine. Absolutely. I, I would add to this, and I'm actually, that, yeah. it's, I'm gonna, it's gonna come off like I'm being funny, but also this is where my being a black man and your being a white woman in part comes very much into play because I am so fucking aware that someone would literally try to throw me in, in jail for like 
robbery oh. for 10 years for that fucking fork. Absolutely. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. I, when I go into, this is, this is true. And I, I go into Home Depot. Let's say I, I'm fixing some shit in my house. I have a screw, a screw, a screw. When I yeah. walk into Home Depot, I walk over to the security guard and I go, I'm walking in with this. Because I'm mm-hmm, not mm-hmm, going to have mm-hmm. that fucking conversation on my way out. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, that's just, that's just smart. That's like, that's just like understanding the world. So, but, I but, really smart, I, but, you know, so, so that piece is interesting to me. Um, that just like my relationship to it is, is, is a bit different there. Like stay as squeaky clean as you can. Um, also though, I will add, and this is something I, I, I learned, uh, pretty young, back in my flatbush days was if you're not a thief, don't steal. If you're not a thug, don't thug. Like be like, don't do shit that's outside of like who you fundamentally, like your friend is a ask about the plate person and you are a fuck these people. They're a big corporation and whatever. <laughs> you take the fucking plate and you should each do your thing. Like, I'm not saying one should steal. I'm not advocating stealing, but I'm saying if that's how you get down, like, really do it. But people, like, I used to tell people yeah. all the time, if you're not a liar, don't lie because you're not good at it. Oh, and God. the people who, the people who lie, like, like that, who really lie, like, they are fucking good at it. They construct a whole world around themselves where the shit they said becomes true, actually. Like, they like, Mm-hmm. They've worked on this thing. Like you can't just jump into the the stream anywhere along the way. So, if any 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 yeah. No, it's why I hate uh, April Fools so much. Like you guys, you amateurs, yeah. fucking amateurs yeah, yeah, out yeah, here yeah. with their lying. <laughs> just embarrassing. <laughs> SNL SNL did a little a little sketch called uh, Amazon Go, uh, which is the self checkout. Yes, uh, the store you walk in, you grab shit, and you yes, walk so out. Yes, 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 and yes. they had all the black uh, characters. <laughs> Keenan and Chris Red and everybody was like, okay, I'm putting my money on the counter. Right. <laughs> yes. Like make a big, and it's like, it is what's behind it is hellacious. It, it, it is, you know, the worst shit imaginable, but they, you know, poke fun at that and, and how, how uh, uh, sort of rife with, with systemic uh, it, in, imbalances. That, it's funny that you point that out. I'll let you keep going. But that Daphne and I watched that. And laughed hysterically and both agreed, like, we don't like it. Well, actually, no. She understood why I didn't like it. She sort of is like, all right, that's what we're doing now. I'll make it work. And my reaction is, nah, 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 nah. Get somebody in here. I don't want any fucking questions. Like, I don't <laughs> like, fuck you and your technology. This is going to end poorly for me. Like, that's what I do know. So it's it, the, that sketch, like, yeah, crushed me. It was great. But anyway, I will let you actually now talk about the actual show we're here to talk about. Thank you. We open up on the on the bike where we left off. We are we are howling through the night. Uh, we got rock music playing, raised by Fuzz. Uh, Adele is yelling, "We got to sleep." Her ass hurts. Uh, My ass hurts. Her. By the way, I thought was so awesome. It's so, and I'm going to use this word intentionally. It was such an indelicate expression of it. Like it's. Uh, it's so far from, oh, I've got a new boyfriend. I can't let him know. Like, for example, I can't let him know I fart. Like, it was just like, my ass hurts. Like, I'm not gonna, 
in any way shade that for you. Like that, that's actually what it is. My ass hurts and you can deal with hearing that because that's what's happening. I want to, I want to make a little connection here. So something I want to, I want to talk about is remember how, when Jamie Tart first met Sam, how fucking horrible he was to Sam. And we, throughout the course of the show, they made it abundantly clear that Jamie was following his father's lead and he had learned how to talk to other people and that mockery was like intrinsic in conversation and that uh, how status is handled is who can be the most brutal uh, through, through mockery and through, through uh, you know, any kind of attack pattern that you can come up with. And so we saw this play out on the field with Sam and we saw how it affected Jamie. And we also saw once he broke free of his father and started learning some lessons from life and from other people, how he was able to change. I want to put on your roadmap for this specific episode that um, the only person, the only authority figure that Dell has ever known is her father. And she absorbs some of his mannerisms and some of his tone. And, you know, whether or not there's enough of an arc for her to, um, you know, sort of transcend that at some point. I'm not going to uh, speculate on, on episode two, but right now, what I think you hear is how she would talk to her dad, or how her dad would talk, or how her brothers talk. And Indelicate is right. There's there's no finishing school uh, in 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 the uh, you know the, the shithole right, on right. Norton. You know, so th- they drive through the things. There's a really quick. I love this little quick cut scene of of her stretching her butt, like trying to get her butt to wake up. <laughs> she's yelling, fuck. Um, and she's like, we're sleeping at some point. Right. He can't hear her. We should probably sleep soon. She says dead fucking leg. She's got her leg up on the sign, like trying to stretch it out. Like if you're not used to riding a bike and then you ride for that far, especially in the in the back seat, which is usually padded more, but less contoured than the, the driver's seat on a bike. Um, you ever ride a motorcycle coach at all? Boss, you? I rode on the back of one. I don't know if it was a real motorcycle. It was probably like this, like a souped up dirt bike. But yes, on the back of one. Yeah, I rode uh, I rode for a little bit in college. I was so bored. I wanted to get out of my college so badly. It was, it was like trapped. And um, I was like, I, w- I wanted to graduate when I was a sophomore and I had to kill two years. So a friend of mine and I bought some motorcycles and we used to go around um, upstate New York you know, just back roads, like byways of upstate New York where there was like no cars. And, so, you know, back then it was a little little less busy uh, than it is now. And we would just ride bikes. We had these shitty crappers. My my bike was bought. It was, a, it, it was a Honda 400. I had to drive up to northern Maine to buy it. And it was like blood, like true blood money. Um, like I bought it off this couple that this young couple – I actually made my friend give them the money because I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm like, I, this does not feel good at all. Like it was like a really young couple. She was pregnant. They were probably 17, 18. I was like, Oh God, like I I don't want any part of, I was like, you, this was your stupid fucking idea. You give, you do the transaction. So whatever, you know, musk of, of desperation that is definitely happening right here. Uh, will stick to you and not me um, because I just was horrified by the whole situation, but we lugged it back to New York and um, 
used to ride around. And then I had a, a couple other bikes, I don't know, that I acquired, whatever. It was like good deals or people, whatever. And then one day I um, was driving to see a girlfriend. It was five in the morning, going around a curve. And I just caught, it was a wet, just had rained. And I probably was just not paying attention at enough or whatever. And the bike just caught the very edge of a curb. And I went over and slid across this lawn of the, but it was like a wet lawn, right? So me and the bike just slid across the lawn and just missed hitting a fence. And I had no injuries and the bike was fine. And I was like, that's it. Like, that's like, if, that it, was like the if warning it, if it, shot. With, here, here with my ADHD, with my ADHD, it's like, oh, if I like lose focus for one split second, it was literally five a.m. The no cars, it was like a million dollar accident. But I was like, okay, this is this is the universe going. This isn't for you, for you, friend. So I uh, hung them up, um, and uh, and haven't ridden since. But um, if you if you're riding on this like Dell, it can be. It can be a, a whole new experience, especially a lot of vibration if you're not used to it. So um, they stop and they buy uh, uh, Wayne buys her a little uh, pad for her butt. He says for your butt. I, I was wondering if he was going to say ass or butt, and I thought it was very gentlemanly. Yeah, that he I, said butt, I, I did like that way. he said butt, especially because she had said ass. And I also, again, this is like that sweetness quotient. He thought about her, like. One of the, I think I mentioned this before, um, part because I'm insane, part because I fancy myself some sort of philosopher, I guess, part who the fuck knows. But uh, for the biz, we'd worked on a definition of love. My cousin and I are working on a project for, for my, for the, uh, for a line. And we worked on definition for love. And, and we decided the definition of love is the investment and the optimization of options for someone or something. That's what love is. And we like kept like we like we kicked the tires on that thing pretty good. And we were like, what about this? What about that? And we were like, that's the definition of love. Like we were like, that is what love is. And to me, that was I love you. That was okay, I understand that something's wrong, and I'm gonna try to make it as not wrong as I can possibly make it for you right now. Like he couldn't be like, Lucky for us, here comes the limo. But he could buy her this thing to sit on and just bring her a little bit more comfort. And I just, I for me, I just thought like, oh my god, these two, like I can't take it. They're so sweet. Yeah, I mean procedurally, right? I like that you try to break it down because I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to have a methodology around it. I mean, other people, there's so many. I mean, I don't know if anyone could ever fully quantify all of what love means to everybody that certainly is procedurally um it's funny because you also deep because you're a good you're a fucking good person you default to like like love when you hear love you'll say like oh that's got a good connotation sometimes mm. like people would say oh there's ways to be in love negative you know so so whatever e- either way i love how you've broken that down um he did he did it is a, it is a thing. I mean, you look at the worlds that these two come from, he had to care about his dad and then apparently Orlando, you know, like his friend, but like, we didn't see much else in Wayne's life that, that he cared about. He's choosing to care about Dell. And we certainly know Dell, like no one ever fucking went out of their way at all. We, we have no evidence at all that anyone ever cared for Dell. 
Boss is smiling. Yes. I, well, one of the things I was thinking about Wednesday before we started recording, uh, Coach and I were talking a little bit about some other things. Um, and we did mention the bar for men being in hell. Like, it's so low. And I do think it's incredibly sweet that he considered that her butt was in pain and that he got her a little padding and that he was thinking about how to make things easier for her. That was incredibly sweet. Should be sort of default in relationships, I feel That's like. That's fair. Um, and so then I was... And not to say that he... Like, you don't want to get too much credit for doing what you're supposed to do, but also he's doing what he's supposed to do. Like, we say if you do what you're supposed to do, then mm-hmm. we'll like you and you'll be okay or whatever. So, But, but boss, like, how would he know? How would he know? That's the only... I always go back to, like, who teaches people this? How would a boy like that... Know, his father and mother are split up. I don't know if he's got any role models as far as like positive relationships, especially like a, a, a you know father mother type relationship or or a, a heterosexual sort of relationship. Like, what does he have? What, what's he? He doesn't watch TV. He doesn't know movies. Uh, it, no. So what I'm going to say is that I think I, I think you and I have different ideas about how much of this is picked up socially, how much is sort of innate, how much needs to be introduced and needs to be taught. I think um, in the first episode, we talked about the scene where he jumped over the fence to get the kids who were doing the fireworks. Like he saw the family next door. He knows what other people's lives can be like. It, I, I don't think that you need to sit a child down and say, this is, this is how a family functions. You need to do this, 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 and this, but like we're social animals. There are ways that you could learn about these things outside of having somebody sit down and say it directly to you. I think right. oh. but it's true, but also social animals sometimes don't, are born without social ability, you know? So like as, as a parent of a ner- of neurotypical children, you go like, okay, they don't, they can't read the cues. They don't have, so someone yes. has to teach them. So I just go, I don't know what I'm not like, not like, a, uh, like Wayne presents as a kid with a diagnosis or anything like that. But I just say like, uh, we don't have a, we, we have systemic racism. We have systemic sexism. Yeah. We have systemic classism. We have a bunch of systemic. I don't think we have systemic, learn you know you know relationship uh uh knowledge like i don't you know what i mean i don't see broadly and widely people doing the work to make sure everybody knows how to treat everybody else it's very hard to lay my finger on that in our current oh, society but you just said that we have systemic racism and sexism that is how we teach people how to deal with everybody else it's just that we teach them how to deal with everybody else in an extremely shitty way that benefited white white straight men for a couple of millennia like, I think that you are thinking that because we don't do it in a way that is dem- demonstrably nice, that people don't learn how to do that. Like, the way that racism and sexism just sort of seeps into every aspect of our society is how we also teach people how to interact with each other. Yeah, the system I, is in course. place. It's of, just yeah, what the system is in place that we just disagree with it, right? So, in in right. the in the case of Wayne, do we buying buying Dell a uh, a pad, um, uh, you know, like a seat for her for her to to sit on while they ride? Does does he deserve a parade for that? No, but in in the context, it does seem at least uh, like a generous or thoughtful act based on who they are and where they're from. That's, that's, I think. I, I, I do think that that's true, but also calling back to the first episode, uh, there was indications from the principal that uh, Wayne's dad sort of had the same code that Wayne has that has been very easily passed. 
Wayne also had the nurse's name that I'm forgetting now, but she brought the pie because that was above and beyond. She was thinking about the family. Like, I think that there are ways that those, that would have impacted his understanding of the world, even if it seems like he's from a rough area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. No question. Okay. So um, they stay the night, uh, they stay the night in the tent boss, they wake up and Mm -hmm. Wayne has, what has he done? He's made breakfast. Yeah. He's made breakfast and dolled it up a little bit. Um, If anybody else is a fan of new girl, you might remember Nick Miller trying to make breakfast for uh, Jessica that morning after they finally slept together and he rips a grapefruit in half and tries to put a flower in it or something. Sort of similar, <laughs> not not too far off. It does look extremely edible, uh, but it's a little little messier than you would imagine at a restaurant. They are in the woods, after all. He serves it on what looks like a hub, the inside of a hubcap. Uh, yes, it looks like to me. <clears throat> um, he finds a flower and, and mm-hmm. puts it. In. I didn't know what he put it in, but um, he's trying his best. Um, and then we come to find out, uh, you know. Dell wakes up. What's all this shit? He says breakfast. I, I um made breakfast. He's not looking at her. Um, good because I ain't eating that goddamn jerky again. She says, uh, mm-hmm. "Thanks, welcome." Takes a bite. She's wolfing it down. This chicken, and he says, "What, boss? No rabbit. <laughs> no rabbit. What the fuck did you say? Uh, rabbit." He says, and a little music uh, plays, and she spits it out. And he's, "What the fuck, Wayne?" And and we show a little insert of him, like a skin, the skin of a rabbit, knife, mm-hmm. like knifed to a tree. So he got up early mm-hmm. to go hunt. Yes. So that she would have food. Mm-hmm. He, he did. He did get food. I. I mean, I don't know. I, I gotta I gotta admit I don't think eating rabbit is the wildest thing that could have happened. If he had said squirrel, that might be a little bit weirder. I'm not sure why rabbit is more okay to eat for me than squirrel. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I think. So. Have you had rabbit? Yeah, we had rabbit. Yeah, we had rabbit. Yeah, that the um, yeah. the 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 cuteness makes it taste better. That's right. That is the worst. <laughs> oh my god! I want we should call this out because it was so appalling. We were eating. We uh, last time boss came to Boston, uh, we went out to this restaurant, fancy restaurant, uh, with our uh, our producers, uh, Dustin and Seth, and um, no, oh, Dustin and um, uh, uh, other buddies of ours from Pajama. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, right. Yes, but it was the same restaurant that you guys had. I'm sorry. Gone to. Okay, here's the thing. We had gone to this restaurant, right? Yes. I had gone with producer Seth before that, a few weeks before. And that's why we went back to this place because it had good good food. And then when we ordered the when we had the I was I had never had rabbit before, so I tried it. <laughs> and producer Seth had said the cuteness is what makes it t- taste better, right? Or oh, something. Yeah, like the cuteness makes it makes it taste better. Mm-hmm. So we're surrounded by really troubled people in in our private <laughs> lives. Um, Anyway, yeah, so but it was it was good. It's sweeter sweeter than you think. It, right, it, like I think if you have rabbit, at least you go. Oh, okay, I think I know now what rabbit tastes like. Um, I don't. Yeah. I don't, wouldn't be in, in search of it. I don't think, but um, no. I can understand. But why. also, not far off from chicken. Like it, it, from what I remember. 
it made me think when of, she says, yeah, yeah, no, it made me think of like Lord of the Rings when Samwise uh, finds a couple yes. of ponies in the middle of nowhere. And like, if you had rabbit, like on the way to Mordor, I think it would be the best thing you've ever eaten in your yes. life. Uh, I could see that having now uh, t- uh, tasted uh, rabbit, but um, I, I've tasted of quite a few strange types of meat boss. Um, when I was in uh, Kenya, there's a restaurant there called carnivore. Ooh. And they, uh, this is right outside, right in Nairobi or like just outside Nairobi. And um, they would give you types of meat that you wouldn't typically get. So you had like zebra, which is basically horse um, and crocodile. Mm-hmm. And so you mm-hmm. just go through and you eat all these like wildebeest and a tremendous amount of things that otherwise you would never have. Um, and uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I feel like I've, 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 I've tried quite a few things now and um, never want to really try any, any of them. Yep, don't need to go back. Ever again. Yep. Uh, one time is more than enough. Um, so, yeah. This is going to sound uh, way cooler than it actually is, but one time I tried eating kangaroo and I couldn't because Uma Thurman stole my dinner. Holy. And again, that sounds a lot cooler than yeah. it actually is. It is that... Um, I was on vacation with the boyfriend and his family in Anguilla in the Caribbean. And we went to a restaurant and the waiter said, Is it pronounced Anguilla? Really? I think so. I've looked it's it up. I Anguilla? always figured it should be, I figured it should be Anguilla, but what I have heard on the internet is Anguilla. Ah. So I'm going with Anguilla. Okay. All right. But yes, um, the waiter said that the special that night was a, a kangaroo dish. And I was like, fuck yes, obviously I need to try it. When else am I going to get to try eating kangaroo? Are they native and to uh, Anguilla, uh, those kangaroos? Obviously. Okay. It, no, 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 no. I have no idea why they decided to go with kangaroo, but they went Just with kangaroo. Some of those wild wallabies bouncing around. Uh, they, that you're going to find on yeah, a the tiny West little Indies. Caribbean island. Yeah. Yes, obviously that's <laughs> that's the size that they need to be to be on that small of an island, that huge. Um, yeah, no, but so I was, I was in. I was like, fuck yeah, let's try some kangaroo. And then the waiter came back and said, I'm so sorry. We've actually sold out for tonight. The last dish just went out. And then later in the middle of dinner, a very tall, very impressive looking woman stood up. And everybody, all of a sudden, like, you could feel the restaurant looking over. And we're all like, oh, shit, that's Uma Thurman. I'm pretty sure that Uma Thurman and her table ordered the last of the kangaroo. And I didn't get to try it because of fucking Kill Bill. Unreal. Isn't that just mm-hmm. like Uma? Just like her. You know, the fuck? Always Maybe she didn't want to eat any emu because it felt too similar to her. <laughs> what the fuck joke is that? Emu Uma. Oh, it's one of those oh, uh, oh, Dave, oh, Dave Letterman's. Yeah, you're trying to do an Oprah Uma. An Oprah Uma. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. That's a that's a bit that that landed really, really well. Boy, that yeah. Landed well for him, well for me. Yeah, no. Uh, Probably Uma is not going to speak to me for years now. Makes me miss wordplay. Yeah, it makes me miss miss all your puns, boss. Don't worry, they're still here. Okay, so we're zipping through here. Um, He, uh, what the fuck, Wayne? We get the title. What the fuck? When she says, "What the fuck, Wayne?" It cuts away. We get the the title card. Loved. Um, And uh, yeah, coaches into that. Um, And then we have okay, so we we cut now to the police station. Um, and we have um, uh, Officer Jay Gennetti, uh played by James Earl. He bursts into through a door and he says, hey, Sarge, we got a pro. Oh, and we see. OK, we see now. Um, uh, this is uh, this is so funny. OK, so 
at, at this point, uh, Officer uh, Jay comes in, and of course, you have uh, Sergeant Geller in the office with his hand down his pants. And Coach, what is happening here in this scene? Um, well, he uh, he is actually uh, doing a, a check uh, of his uh, of his testicles there for cancer. Um, my understanding to this point, I didn't uh, realize. I mean, do it on company time. I'm always for it. My understanding is that that's best done in the shower. Um, <laughs> so I'd I like was that a you say. Surprised that um, he found he thought that that moment and really like hands down like so yeah it was a very interesting thing and actually it seemed a lot more like what uh what's that officer who came in what's his name again the the one that came in jay jay honestly jay had every reason it make actually jay's conclusion makes more sense than the truth like what is happening right now Okay, I want to call it, yes, I love the, the, you guys keep referring to, like, the justice of ripping off from corporations or banging one out at work. I I have uh, my friend who embarrassed me publicly by saying uh, permission to come aboard Captain Steubing when I had bought that (laughs) brand new yellow. One of his, he's got a very blue collar mentality. He's the guy that also said when he was working in an auto shop, he was a mechanic in Phoenix, and that it was 110 degrees in the shop, and the uh, one of like the guys brought in all these Gatorade bottles, like a thing of ice and Gatorade and just gave it. It's like, oh, it's really hot out here, guys. I brought this for you. His response was in his head. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks, thanks. And in his head, he's thinking, fuck you. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't remember this, but I'm trying to remember he, what the, how he got it's, there. It's just like a blue collar. It's just this thing that he does like, fuck you. Fuck, like you're going to, oh, you're going to bring me some fucking Gatorade. Like maybe get, how about close the, the, the doors and turn the AC on you fucking asshole. You guys have AC over in the thing, but I'm supposed to be so grateful for, you know, blue Gatorade, like go fuck yourself. You know, like it's just like this. I, listen, I understand where he's coming from, but he always, one of his favorite, th- the reason I say it is because he also, he would talk about shitting on the clock and he'd be like one of the best <laughs> bosses nodding coach is nodding. I, I, I this must it. be from me growing up with favorite. a silver spoon. But yeah, he would just get go to work and it's like that's it. He'd go to the bathroom, take a nice leisurely bathroom break, and sh- what he called shitting on the clock. He said he was like, it is one of the greatest things anyone can do is get paid to shit. I don't want to pretend in any way, shape, or form that COVID or the pandemic or anything that went along with that was anything other than a horrifically terrible shit show. For you know, actually, probably we're still in it and we're pretending it's over, but that's you fine. Said shit show, um, so keep going. Mm-hmm. Well, no, actually, not that. But um, one of the best developments for me is that on the days when I need to work in the office, because they've required us to come back two days a week, on those days, my commute is part of my eight hours. If you need me to be in the office, you're paying me to sit on the L to get to the office because there's absolutely no fucking way I'm doing a 10 hour day. If I'm getting paid eight hours, unacceptable. And, and they've, and, and, and the powers that be have set it up so that like, Oh, that's just how it is. Why, why is it that way? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And I, it's one of the rare times where I was uh, openly defiant at work. I didn't ask. I didn't say like, Hey, by the way, this is how I'm doing my hours. Blah, blah, blah. They said be in the office two days a week. And I was like, great. 
I will get in at nine. I will take an hour lunch. I will leave at four. That's how we roll. I love everything about that. I love everything about it. And and what I what I particularly love about it is that those who are generally calling shots and who do things like, let's say, fly somewhere. Mm-hmm. You pay for your fucking commute then, buddy. Why'd you pay for yeah. your flight to D.C.? Since we're all just <laughs> paying for our own shit around here. Since, but because yeah, I pay a few dollars a, a day, it doesn't count. But when you decide, oh, yeah, this meeting I could 100% do by phone or Zoom. I got to fly to D.C. Yep. so I can see my, my college roommate and have dinner with him like we always do. Now the whole the company's got to pay that? Go fuck yourself. You pay for it if I'm paying for it. If not, How? I'm with the Emily Chambers hour counting policy of 2023. <laughs> Count me. It's good. We're finding many ways where boss is, is Robin Hooding this bitch. Um, okay, so, uh, hey, Sarge, we got a problem. Uh, it's the most natural thing, so I don't say nothing. I understand. Listen to me, Jay. I go to the evidence room and I want to handle mine, so stop, Jay. I cackled. I, cackled. I just stretched out my gourd. Jay, I was checking myself for cancer. You got cancer, Sarge? No, I didn't say that. So Jay is like prone to flight. Like Jay is an emotional, emotional person. My aunt Linda just had cancer. I can't go through this twice. He starts to freak out. And, and, uh, oh my God, I love you. You will, you will, if you don't love him already, you will come to love, um, Sergeant, uh, Stephen Geller, uh, as much as I do. He's played by Stephen Kieran. Um, and, um, he immediately like calms Jay down. Listen to me, Jay. This world is a nightmare. It's a goddamn nightmare. Jay, Jay, will you please uh, explain to me why you just burst in like here in like that? Sorry. Well, Bobby Lucetti's out front. You know, that guy, he's a prick eight fucking ways, um, which is very, uh, that's the right way that it would be said language wise in this region. Um, this guy's a prick eight fucking ways guy. Um, long story short, he says, some kid came into came to his house and assaulted him and his boys in their own home and maybe kidnapped his daughter. Now, for all we know, she could have run off with the kid. But either way, she's 15, so we have a situation. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Sergeant like Geller says... I they know who they're dealing with. There was yeah. something oh, yeah, kind of yeah. cool about, like, they know the father, they know these asshole sons, and they know that she lives in the kind of shithole where there is every chance that she just decided I'm fucking out of here. Like, they're not like, oh, you know, like they're not doing first 48, like, you know, like the demand is going to be. Like They're just like, yeah, okay, we'll see. For all we know, it was her plan. I I think uh, for, for uh, you know, we have, we talk, talk about propaganda and we talk about how for years and years and years, we've been schooled by television to show all these great cops fighting the hard fight. And v- rarely do we see cops as human beings. Um, and I'm here to say I know some of the worst fucking cops, like misery, terrible nightmares. And there's a cop, one cop in my town that I love so much. He almost makes me cry when I see him. I love him so much because he is a fucking pillar of society. He's what you should be. You know what I mean? He is like an old school sheriff. He goes around with the the town, um, like the comfort dog, like the, I forget what they call it. Uh, like a, the dog is a big, beautiful golden retriever. And, and and he reads to kids at the library and he coaches football. I fucking love this guy. I literally, I, I almost would tear up right now thinking about what a what a stellar human being. And every time he sees me, 
remembers my name, comes right over, shakes my hand. Um, I, I had to be, I, I hate Facebook and I was never on Facebook. Um, but I but had one job where that was somehow you had to, had to be on Facebook. And so I joined Facebook and he was the first person that followed me. I'm like, it's just, he is, I'm telling you the cream of the crop and these guys exist. And sometimes we forget that um, because it's easy to say John Law is a, is a douche and they're all douches and they're all uh, football players who, you know, you know, brawn over brains or whatever. But there are like every other profession, accounting, uh, comedians, there are great ones and there are terrible ones. Um, and so I just like the depiction. He's insulting your accounting skills, coach. I like, I like the depiction (laughs) of police officers as human beings. I like that Jay's a little bit off the, off the deep end emotionally. I like that uh, Sergeant Geller seems a little detached. Um, Anyway, they finished the scene by saying, now, you know, I wasn't masturbating, right? Uh, and this is what I was talking about before we started recording. There's one, it drives me crazy because like, I don't know how, I, I so relate to the Sergeant Geller thing in this one where it's like, okay, I've established, I really wasn't like, and are we good? And then, then Jay's like, you know, like, oh, like, okay, if you say so, but like something, and it was like, no, I kind of think you were. You know what? And I'm like. I'm your as your friend. I can tell it's so funny that you've pro, you've called this out because if it's one thing I've watched you be triggered by, like not like you're gonna get in a fist fight, but like your temperature definitely goes up if your senses you've made a statement about why you're doing something or what your motivation was, and you have not even that the person says that's not true, but even an inkling. That, that that's still on the table. So I will quickly tell a story that includes <laughs> one of my favorite. It's so funny. So I, And I've learned this about you over the years. Like, I'm aware of it as a thing. So we, as we've now established 17,000 different times, had our fantasy football draft. And some people were there, uh, had to be there by Zoom for various reasons, including coach. And so it's uh, what they call an an auction, Sally Crap Draft. We'll get into the politics of that some other time. And um, Coach, I, I just want to set the stage that we we all fly in from all over the country to be together one weekend a year. It's the only time we see each other. It's uh, it's an excuse to hang out with those these guys that we all love. And it's the first time I've ever missed it. Uh, was this was this year? I couldn't go, so I had to I had to call in by Zoom. And there were two other guys out of a league of twelve that also had to call in. But all East Coasters and the draft was uh, in Los Angeles. Okay, thanks, Coach. Keep going. Right, right. So basically, as there's bidding, invariably, as everyone has now learned in the world of Zoom meetings, you can get delay. You can get this. So sometimes it's off as to who had the bid in first and what have you. Okay, great. So the the guys on the call are saying, no, 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 no. We were in first, and the people in the room are going, we don't think so. Actually, and all of a sudden, and I knew, I like somewhere in my brain, I was like, "Uh oh!" And 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 Coach goes, "You think we're fucking lying?" I'm like, "No one said." I was like, "No, like, no one said you were lying." But I knew, I knew it was gonna go there. The minute there was like any pushback, he goes, "You think we're fucking lying?" I was like, "Oh boy, oh you guys, oh boy, here we go now." Um, because if I'm saying it, what you like, the yeah, three of us could hear the, the well what. Part of it, Coach, was also people were going, 
hey man, you know, you're waiting till the last second. And we weren't that we like it would be like bidding as quickly as possible. And then be like, well, hey, listen, you're gonna be out of it if you fucking wait like that. We're like, no, 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 we're not waiting. We can hear because we could all hear it on just on our side that it was like really we we're doing a good job. And I'm like, are you are you do you think I would fucking lie about that? You think like this is the thing yeah, of I, all the fucking things in the world? Yeah. I, I'm gonna try to get an edge and lie about I'm like, yeah, oh my god. Yeah, no, no, that's and like, I knew, I knew oh. the minute it went down that path, and then on cue, he goes, "You think we're fucking lying?" And I was like, "And eh, there we go." That's funny because yeah. I always think of myself as not provocable, and I say that all the time. Yeah, but I but guess that where... one gets—it's not like you want to fight, but it does like it offends you. It offends yeah. your, you know. You think like Have I not asshole. built up enough credibility in twenty-three motherfucking yep. years there it is. that you know I'll lie to your if I say like. Well, first of all, you'll know I'm lying because I'm a shit liar, and I don't, I cannot stand liar. I fucking don't like liars, and I don't like even casual deceit. I've written articles about this on Pajiba. Mm-hmm. Fucking casual mm-hmm. deceit is. How are we friends? It is How killing our friends? fucking world. It is terrible. Casual deceit is so fucking. It is. It is reprehensible to me. So yes, I know, boss. I know. I love you no matter what. We all know this. But I'm saying in general, in my yes, no. in my thing. Like if I'm going, if I'm even gonna, like why? I, you know me. You know what? I, like especially these guys, two decades, and I'm gonna fucking lie about a Zoom call to get a a bid on some fuck. I'm I'm like I just anyway. I guess I guess that is where I'm provocable. Where my like uh, where if you impugn my my integrity, integrity. I guess yeah. yeah. I I I weirdly even though I will acknowledge that I um use uh. You know, I'll exaggerate when I'm telling stories. I will be hyperbolic. Like, I enjoy a good story. Um, but I do have that same thing with, it. like, I don't have any integrity. And so on the things where I'm like, no, I have integrity on this. You better not question me on this thing. It's, I don't, I don't know why. I actually, I would never cheat. Uh, one of my nieces and I are extremely similar, especially like me knowing how I was at her age. Um she enjoys lying. She's very competitive. She is mean as shit. And I love it. There, She was at uh, uh, Great America, the amusement park near us. And an older kid was like joking around with her at whatever sort of stand that was where they were competing, like squirting water for a prize or whatever. And an older kid, like a teenager joking around was like, well, if you win, I'm just going to steal it from you. She was like, well, if you try that, I'm going to steal your eyeballs. And like, just, just rode with that. Like, just meant it. She was like, I will just steal your eyeballs. I love her so much. She cheats at games, though. And I'm like, you're going to outgrow that. Because you're going to get to the point where you're like, I am so much better at this game than you are. That the idea that I would cheat in order to beat you is offensive to me. I'm just going to come out here and clean up. Some of my integrity around competition is I am superior to begin with. So I'm not going to lower myself. There is a little of that built in. There is a, yeah, there is a, I don't have to fucking cheat to beat you like built into the conversation most of what i think it is is for me is is dotty drinking dotty's tea i think that's what honestly what it is because i was raised by my mom is very machiavellian and she and she she will no problem dropping a lie no problem no problem bending the uh, truth for she, if you said that to her if you said mom you just lied she she'll sp- like spit on you she'd be like how dare you i would never but in her world, believe me, it's 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 a it's flu- 
the truth is fluid. And so I just, I have such a distaste for that, that it's like Ted saying like, no, not now, not ever. You know what I mean? Like, sure. That's, I can see some people like tea, but I, I, for what tea means to me, I, it's not worth it's it. I don't want that. Never happen, right? Yeah. I just don't like it. Um, and so I actually am like a recovering liar, if that makes any sense. I just was, was raised to whatever, no problem. And I had to do like a lot of, uh, soul searching and thinking about it and going, Hmm, I just don't think that's like the right, you know, to the point where I just talk to my kids about you just like, it's so much, listen, in my experience, it's so much more fun to go through life, just like brutally honest and, and, and people like I, I, now I have a reputation. You might not like what Thor has to say to you, but he'll shoot you straight. That's it. Like you may not like, it. He, you may say, yeah. I don't like it, but like, he's not going to go behind your back. He's not going to talk shit about you. He's not going to come to you. He'll say what the truth is and, th- and that's it. And so it just seems like I can sleep better at night when, when I have that, you know, I don't know. Just, just, just well, it's uh, like that, uh, that book, which lie did I tell who wrote that? I forget who wrote that, but that's a, like a book about Hollywood, which lie did I tell? And and there is something to the idea that if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. And I do think there is something to that. There is something. Yeah. Oh, to yeah. Like, you know. And, yes. And lies beget lies. Right. L- lies just lie manufacture. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. It's a terrible way to live, especially for so- like for someone trying to be a decent human being and also, you know, good boy or whatever we talk about and, and trying to see the best in people and, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. And we can talk about this with Ted Lasso, too. Like, who lies on Ted Lasso? and Why do they lie? And, you know, what's the root of that? Um, yeah. I mean, people who have done the work, I think I think you tend to, I don't know, I think you tend to steer away from lies as much as you can. Because it's just like, it's also just a waste of time. We have such a limited amount of time on this planet. And then I don't want to spend any of it caught up in, like, a lie or then apologizing for a lie or recovering from a lie or the lowered status of being seen as a liar. I'm like, I don't want any of it. Like all it does is just fuck with my world. And I'm like, I don't want, I'll just tell you the truth. Like, I, I don't you. want to go to dinner with you. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with it that way. Right, That's right, it. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, we, we get to, uh, we get to the, uh, to the diner the, you know, the uh, Dell is playing with packets of sugar. Yep, yep. So no, here we- no, 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 no. She is not playing with packets of sugar. What is she She's playing with? Playing with packets of sweet and low, which I thought was another magnificent choice. Because to me, again, like there's a diner where there's sweet and low at that table, and they've been ordering sweet and low to put to sit on that fucking table since I don't know. 78 and that's what they do you know what i mean like you are not gonna find like sugar in the raw at this place you're gonna find fucking refined we don't give a shit about your health sugar and you're gonna get sweet and low and maybe maybe the little blue what are they equal maybe like if equal yes if they really had a revolutionary moment in the mid 90s where they were really bringing things up to date but other, like, I love yeah. that it was sweet and low. I, I, I just thought yeah. it was great. And they're not, they're not going to have Splenda. The only reason I know Splenda, Splenda is the yellow. Right, I right, know right. that because when I used to take coffee in my sugar, or, uh, sugar That's in my funny. coffee, I wouldn't even take sugar. I would take sweet and low. And uh, we would refer to it as pink packets of poison because it can't be good for you. It cannot be. It must be giving you something bad, but. I needed my Gloria Jean coffee bean to be a little bit on the sweeter side. So pink packets of poison. I want to point out, I missed an establishing shot. When you, when you do these, um, 
when you move to a different location, usually the establishing shot is outside the the place. Like that's the standard thing. Okay, now we establish a restaurant. This one, they did a straight top-down establishing shot of a grill, three pieces of bacon, and then they crack an egg on it. And I was looking at that bacon and my mouth started to water. I'm like, God damn, that looks like good. It's if you get a plate, I know some people are vegetarians, but um if you get a, a place that makes like really good crispy bacon. Um, and it feels like diner food. Uh, yes. Maybe it's like, that's the place, you know, it's, so. a, it's a specific brand of delicious. Like, it's not like you're like, Oh, this is cuisine. Like there's no use for the word cuisine in that place, but I could see having a breakfast there that I'm like, that was great. That, right. That, that was delicious. Yeah. So, Dell is playing with sweet and low as, as coach astutely points out. Um, she's like, so like, here we are. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, these guys don't know each other. Like we, lest we forget they, they don't, they've spent no time together. They don't have any idea. Like there was a, there was overtures at like from like a, like a boyfriend, girlfriend sort of thing. They had made a deal. You know, they had like sealed it with a kiss, sort of like on Del kiss him on the cheek when he said he'd vote for her. Um, but they are strangers. Um, Wayne points out to a, a a box truck, and what's he pointing out there? And he and he laughs. Coach, what does he see? Someone has spray painted boobs on the side yeah. of the box truck, and that that boobs. very much amuses uh, very much amuses Wayne. So we get the waitress come up. Uh, you guys, again, I think as a method, why does why does Wayne laugh at that? I think we're just reiterating, like, this is a kit. This is a, Yeah, this yeah. Is a, I th- yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thought it was a way to remind us, like, he is 16. Well, just to be clear, that it's the word boobs, but then also there's a tiny little circle inside both of the O's to make boobs in addition to it being in boobs. That, is, that elevates that it. Does. That's going to... That is. Now we're at at least sophomoric humor. That is. That it elevates the art form. You're right. That's great. Um, and spray painted right on the side of a box truck, like, just with absolute impunity. Um, uh, waitress comes up. You guys know what you want to drink. They both say yes. Uh, uh, Dell says coffee. Coffee? How old are you? I don't know. How old are you? Uh, well, you're a little young to be drinking coffee is all. And what, is, what does Dell say to the waitress, uh, boss? You're a little old to be wearing that choker, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Huh, Tracy? I reacted out loud to that. I, like, yeah. yelped. I was like, you- oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whew. She comes with the heat, huh? I was like, oh, my yeah. God. Right. And why does, she come with, I- why does she come with the heat? Well, there's a few reasons. The first of which is... I don't know if 15 is too young to be drinking coffee. I feel like seventh or eighth grade. I definitely started drinking the um, very sugary iced coffee, whatever, when I was like in seventh grade. Eighth grade, I was having coffee. Like there was a pot of coffee. I was drinking coffee. So it feels like she is being condescended to. Like, oh, honey. Oh, absolutely. This isn't booze. It's fucking caffeine. It's fine. If you saw a kid with a a Coke, you wouldn't be like, oh, that's just well, Does Dell look 15? Does Dell look 15 to you? I mean, she looks younger. No, she looks well, like 12. Actually, maybe, yes. Yeah, I, so here's the, the real thing is that because of the way that TV, like, um, uh, what's his face? McKenna. Mike McKenna? Is that the actor who plays Wayne? Mar- um, yeah, Mark. Yeah. Mark. There we go. One of those end names Mark that McKenna. I made out with. It's fine. Um, Mark McKenna in real life in this scene is 23 years old. 
because it was filmed four years ago and he's, or no, yeah, 27 now. So I think that TV does a bad job. We age people up so often that we're like, oh, well, 15 year old, she could actually, she's probably 18 in real life, at least. I, I think that if you see actual 15 year olds out in the wild, you're like, oh, you're a tiny little baby. Look how small that's you are. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Because I actually, I grew up thinking that's what people looked like in high school. I was very confused. Yeah, she, yeah, she was. Yeah. She was either seventeen or eighteen when she shot this. Yeah, depending. I don't know when her birthday is or when they. I, I looked up where her birthday is, Sierra Bravo, um, and yeah, and it was like I don't know when they shot it during the year. So you know, but she's probably eighteen. But anyway, she yeah she. What do you say, boss? Yeah. Okay. So 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 um, the heart wants what the heart wants, right, Tracy? I mean, also she's conditioned to be confrontational. That's it. She comes from a family that's everything Absolutely. is confrontational. So right away, she's going to she's going to view every um, interaction. This interaction seems genuine. And I don't think it was condescending. I think it was just like, oh, wow. You're, I don't think she was. Like, oh, no. You think she right oh, away? Really? Yeah, no, no. Oh, she's yeah, that would have hit me. I, I think that would have hit me funny. If I'm 16 years yeah, old, no. I say I want if coffee it, and you question me about it. Like, just bring my fucking coffee, man. Yeah, no, that it does not seem like she was being maternalistic or like, what, it, oh, are you sure about that? Like, it seems like she's saying like you're not you're not old enough to have coffee like it's very I, I didn't pick up at all that it was genuine or kind or nice i thought the the waitress was being a little bit of a bitch even if even if it was genuine or kind or nice i didn't ask you and you're not my mom and the, I asked yes you for coffee so that yes. to me that was my reaction is like uh yeah, no my coffee please absolutely absolutely agree yeah, like I asked you for a coffee. So do you I didn't think ask this you is a for propor- fucking life advice. Do you think this is a proportionate response? No, yes. I don't. Oh, say, <laughs> boss. Yes, boss, go, you're go, trouble. Go. You go, you go, you go, boy. <laughs> well, okay. So I guess when I say proportionate, um, what I mean is actually not at all. I mean, uh, it is appropriately proportionate for what she wanted to do. This is um, fucking Sean Connery telling Kevin Costner if they bring a knife. You bring a yeah, gun. Yeah, they yeah, kill one yeah. of you, your guys. You kill five of them. Like, if if she is bringing this to you to shut this down, you say, "Well, you're too old for that choker." Like, you fucking come at them, and then there's no more of this. So, I just like to jump in here and say that somehow, boss is genetically wired to about every thirty minutes do something that makes me love her more. So, quoting <laughs> the Untouchables generally, and that speech specifically. Which could be <laughs> engraved on my family crest, if not my tombstone, is a hundred percent. But but I did think it was intended to shut it down. It was intended to go. I'm not having this conversation with you. I'm not debating whether the the, the health effects on caffeine and teenage. I like. I'm not doing this, and I'm like I'm shutting it down. So I saw it. Not necessarily as purport, but yeah, I saw it as you bring a knife, they bring a knife, you bring a gun, put an end to this thing. I, I, it's interesting you guys are so, it's fascinating that that speech really resonates with you, Coach, and Boss saying it, and Boss is so ready for confrontation. And, and this is, so here's, I mean, you're just ready for it. And, and okay, for me, what I say is this makes, this makes it an us now. You, this is why I don't get, you know how I always say, like, I don't yeah, want to become yeah, an, like yeah, now. There's yeah, enough. We're a thing, right? We're a thing. We we have we have decided on the line. I want you to. I want if I'm your enemy, um, 
I don't want you to have the foggiest idea that I'm your enemy. That, 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 why would I ever give you that? It's like just playing chess. Like I'm going to move my pawn in a place where you don't see it. And it's going to do the most damage. Just Sun Tzu. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want, okay. Okay. Here, here's also the thing. I just think you don't fuck with waiters and waitresses because they'll spit in your food. And so I just go, well, you just don't that. do that. Like, yeah. You just don't do like as a rule, even if she is a bit, and it's also the song from um, "Come On Baby, Leave Some Change Behind" um, from uh, the band Live. Uh, the song "Waitress," she was a bitch, but I don't care. You know that song? Oh, that one I do not know. Wow, shit! I thought Boss would know it for sure. I, I didn't think Coach would know it, but yeah, she, like she's got a funky braid in her hair. Come on, baby, leave some change behind. She was a bitch. She uh, she was a bitch, but good enough to leave some change. Everybody's good enough for some change. That's the that's the the line. Um, and so I go. First of all, like, like it's a hard job to be a way to whatever. So I'm always really kind, and I I judge people by how they treat. I think we all said this, boss. I think we said we all oh, judge yeah. people. Like, boss, you said your yes. your quote was. If I'm dating a yes. guy, I want him to treat the waiter or waitress co- with kindness and treat me poorly or, you know, yes. right? Yeah. So then this is unacceptable. No, on no, 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 no. She started it. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, this, she she's started not... it. Yes. The, the old yes. she no, started right? it. Am I right, boss? No, no, no. That's exactly yeah, it. Because I, I she is not being mis- mistreated because she is a waitress. The, the mistreatment is not you're a waitress and I get to treat you poorly because of that. The mistreatment is you came over here like a bitch and tried to tell me what to do. So now I'm going to give you what for so that we don't have to have this conversation anymore. Yeah. It, it is one thing to mistreat somebody because of their station. That's right. It is quite another to, if you are a bitch, I'm going to be a bitch. Okay. So for you, That's how for you this is, this is the version of Dell getting to prison and then beating up the biggest person in the room the first day to set a message like, like she's sending yeah. a me- this is a message sending response. Well, it you is, said, but it, it's uh, more uh, like the only person t- comes across the yard to you and shoves you, and you pick yeah. up a weight bench and and brain them. Is that proportional? No. Does everybody just learn? Like, probably don't want to pu- don't want to push that person. Yeah, I think there's a difference between what? walking onto the yard and saying, "I'm going to find the person and I'm going to do it," and you react, and then people realize, like, "Oh yeah, you don't want to mess with them." Okay, so tell me what you learned about Dell in this moment, boss. Uh, people don't know who they're being a bitch to. I, I think even more so than the messaging, it's she doesn't need to worry about the rest of the waiters coming over and being like, oh, honey, are you sure about that coffee? She just wants this waitress to know you are not allowed to treat me in the way that you just thought that you could. You can't do that to me. I went to, when I was in my early 20s, I went to a fancy restaurant and I don't know how I got singled out. Maybe it was just that I really legitimately ordered something that was much more expensive than my college friends had ordered. But the waitress said to me, you know, that's kind of on the expensive side. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, we're going to add a side of macaroni and cheese and a salad and also bring me a dessert. Like, fuck you for whatever implication it is that I couldn't afford a goddamn steak. I couldn't. I was putting it on credit cards, yeah. but you fucking mind your business and let me order what I'm going to order. That's, she's a brilliant, she's a genius because she got you to add so much Probably. more to the bill. Yeah. What a, what a, what a simpleton. I mean, that's fine. I, I don't care. All right. Yeah. Listen, that's fine. That's so no. funny. in this way, we are like in lockstep. Cause as you said that, I was like, I don't give a shit, <laughs> but I'm like, that's fine. Oh my God. 
Yeah, no, I'm. You guys, I, you're not. I, you're not going to totally insinuate that I can't. I totally Why do you give a shit what anybody else thinks? Like what a way. Like you know, I, I would be like, oh, oh but, thanks for telling. Yeah, actually, uh, I, that is. I'm, I'm glad you told me that because because it, it could have been that she's dealt with this before, and then she has to deal with bullshit. From people going, oh, I didn't realize that was th- really expensive. Like on at the end of the day, and she's like, I'm going to head this off at the pass. Every time somebody orders the the the, the fucking ribeye, I'm going to say it's it's pretty pricey, and then let and then let it might have not been a, an assault on you. Um, it, I know, I know. SNL did the sketch, the Pedro Pascal episode, where the waiters pick one. Like if a group of women come in, they always pick one woman to make fun of because they notice that the other women tip more or something. It was like one a really funny Pedro Pascal sketch. Um, okay. So you just could have been the person in that, in that scenario. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's fine. Maybe she understood that it also, if you picked the right person that they would have this reaction and then order more, maybe I was getting played. That's fine. What is going to happen anytime that you are a bitch is that you're going to learn who you're being a bitch to. Like, I, I don't care what the situation is. At work last week, um, uh, one of my coworkers, I had sent a message asking for some information, requesting her to send a report. And she wrote back saying, you could find it here. And I said, I don't have access to that side of the information, though. If I did, I would have gotten it. Can you access it on your side and get me that info? And she wrote back, I'm not sure why I need to do your job for you. And so my immediate response was not go down to her office and brain her because that's what I would want to do. It was instead to email my boss, my boss's boss, her boss and the head of HR and say, I'm not dealing with this. And I don't know what happened on her side or what they had to do to her, but she had to come over to my desk and apologize and say, why don't we go out to lunch and we could, you know, patch this over or whatever. And I said, thank you so much. I would rather not. Because you could try to patch it up all you fucking want to. It's not patched up. Like, we are we are not patched. But then I got to be the bitch because she was a bitch. And now I get to out-bitch her for the rest of our working relationship. It doesn't matter what she thinks of me. What she's going to know is that she can't be a fucking bitch to me. Okay. okay. Um. I get it. I want, and it's, it's funny because in my whole life, there's a thing we've talked about. My it's funny, a buddy of mine who I've been in a lot of touch with later. I remember us specifically talking about this. And it was wanting people to know you may you may beat me up, I may beat you up. We don't know how this is gonna go, but here's what you should know. If you fuck with me, you will remember me. Yeah. You will tell the yeah. story of the day. <laughs> like pack a fucking lunch. Because it's gonna be a problem. Like I get, so I get, I like as b- boss is saying all this. I'm like, I get it. I get, it. I get where you're like, you know what? Run around to your whole fucking department and tell them the story, so that I don't have to straighten them all out. And now you know, mm-hmm. don't be, mm-hmm. don't be emailing me with no bullshit. That's mm-hmm. it. Oh my god. And that's it, uh, Co- Coach. What do you think I would have done? What do you think in that in that exact situation? I'm curious. You think like if you know me well enough to know. Because I, because I'm a huge fan of, like, I don't like. I, see, the thing is, I don't want this in my life. I would not want that interaction in my life, and I wouldn't want to have to go in the same building and work with that person oh, under know, those I circumstances. I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't want to have to quote unquote out bitch someone and then have her, you know, have an issue with me. So, any idea what I would have done in that situation, Coach? Based on like what you know about team building and how I try to 
do everything. I think you probably, depending on situ- you might have made a joke of it. I could yes. definitely see you making a joke of it. One hundred percent. Okay. I would have walked into her thing and yelled, "Jessica, I'm, I'm here to do your job for you." I would have made. I would have. I would have made it a big. I would have said, "What is wrong with you? You think you're doing my? I told you I can't get in the server. Yeah, you're not doing my job. What is wrong? Did someone?" And she would say, "Oh shit, someone. You know, did fuck me over this morning. I'm in a pissy mood. Sorry, I took it on you. Now we're done. Now we're good. It's over." Oh, but we're also done. We're also done, and it's also over. I know, but I, that person would then know, like, I'm an understanding person. I, I, they, they're I not going to give. They're going to be like, okay, it's no big deal if you step out. Of, everybody has a shit day. It will be okay. So, <laughs> but you don't, wanna I don't like, want to live. You want to live like that? Like it? It takes. Yes, it, it I do costs. not want them to think that I'm understanding. It costs me nothing. I think that this is the fundamental misunderstanding between our personalities because too. you think that. I am paying an incredibly high cost in order to have a relationship where she knows I will be a bitch at the drop of a hat if I need to, that that is emotionally weighing on me in any way, shape or form. It is not. The idea that she would think that I will still be nice to her after she is a bitch to me is what would weigh on me. That would make me uncomfortable. I want her to know she cannot be a bitch. And I don't want her to feel good about me. And I don't want us to be friends. And I didn't want to go to fucking lunch with her. Partly because I wanted to be a bitch and partly because I don't like her. And I'm not going to do that. Like, this is what makes me feel good. This is this is, is tangential, but I think it actually is interesting in the conversation. In the, in the way that we've talked about the continuum of our Ted Lasso reactions... And where I'll be just like, yay, like, oh, yeah, this is great, the lasso way. And, you know, and then Coach finds himself sort of like in between, maybe a little more to one side. I, right now, am having that experience around this. Because I have done what Coach described. I have done versions of that. But I have also, quickly, I'll tell this story. I was coaching a game, and um, short version, um, one of my kids gets tossed. And I like legitimately, I do not understand what just happened. Cause like to me, like I didn't see anything that didn't seem to be whatever. And suddenly he's like, so, you know, number blah, blah, blah is out of here. And I'm like, what the? So I go, for what? And the coach from across the field, the opposing coach yells, because he's been doing the whole game. And I turned, I like whipped my head. And I said, who are you? talking to and it got yes. awfully quiet i started walking toward him and the referees came in front of me they were like coach 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 the kids are kids the kids are out here and i stopped and i was like he does not talk to me i talk to you guys you guys talk to him yep. that's how this works and they were all like all right all right I, but who, who are you yelling at no and tell a he's, yell, he's yelling at the guy that sent thugs out to wreck his kids. That's who he's no, yelling at. See, Co- a coach, is, a coach is... teaches ankle breakers, and that guy's trying to protect his kids. But I'm listen. Okay, we're we're talking about different. All right, it, do, it doesn't matter. Everybody, everybody comes at it from a different a different perspective. And I, like boss, I'm not saying my way is better. I'm a I'm a I'm a. Uh, terrible people pleaser but i think it would weigh on me i just want that person to know 
hey, I, I get you have a, I get, we all have bad days. We all say shit we don't mean. We all accidentally, whatever. Come to me. We'll figure it out. Well, that's why I like Ted Lasso. This feels like a world that I understand and want to live in. And whatever. I just want that person to be able to be like, you know, let, don't do that bullshit. Like I would say, can we just agree next time you want to send, you want to snip or snipe at anybody in this office, not just me, just stop by my office on the way in and go, I had a fucking rough morning. My car got a flat. The, my kid got an F on his paper, like whatever it is, unload a little bit. Well, and then, and then you, I'm not releasing you into the, into the wild with like, you know, rage or whatever, like whatever that is, let's just, and then, and then if I do that and somebody else does it, it's literally the last way. It's like, what, you know, we're all working together. And I would think like, it's something that it, it feels to me like a better, um, a better version for a certain personality type. And I really can appreciate the fact boss that you're saying there's no additional weight on you. I don't understand it. I don't know it. I can't even, I don't even have a place in my psyche to process what that must be like. It feels like absolute freedom. I don't even know what that would be. This is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. It it has become a, a, a meme and it's interesting because the actual emotional truth of the scene is opposite of what's being said. But uh, on Mad Men, there's a scene where, oh, God damn it, what's that character's name? I can't remember the character now, but um, Don Draper essentially stole one of his pitch ideas, one of the younger ad writers. Uh, no, not Pete. It's the guy that um, turns out he had schizophrenia. Uh, I'll look him up in All a right. second. But uh, it's the elevator scene where he's yelling at Don because Don stole one of his pitch ideas. And he said, you know, when I go home at night, I think about you and I feel sorry. And Don says, I don't think about you at all. And it's like when that happened live, when I was watching it, I started clapping. So I was like, that's so that's so amazing. Like I'm telling the story now um, about this woman because it specifically came up. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Tomorrow, I will literally never think about her again. Like, unless it comes up, I'm not going to think about the fact that I didn't go yell at her. It's done to me. Isn't that sort of desensitized, though, or somehow? I mean, we are part, you know, talk about one love, coach. Like, we we are all part of the same continuum. We're all part of the same world. We're all trying to share the space. We're all trying to be good citizens. And, boss, you are incredibly generous and... uh, thoughtful and you, and you you fight for uh people who who you know you're always fighting for in my opinion the right causes and things like that um so it just strikes me as odd that this person then that in your brain this person falls outside the dmz like okay every i guess once they out themselves as an asshole you go this is this is actually really probably very healthy where you say yeah no, no you've shown me your true colors like we're we're good here and I would say, like, oh, I would probably give them a second chance. I would give, like, if they if they're continuously a, a fucking asshole, then you go, okay, we we're never gonna, you're never going to work in the system we're trying to do here. You don't belong in this type of environment, or you don't, or I don't belong in your type of environment if it's that toxic or whatever, whatever it is. But like, you were just like, no, we're good. Well, once you write that to me, I then I, but, but you did say you didn't like her anyway. Did that did that weigh into <laughs> this? So that is another thing is that we had already uh, butted heads over other things and had other difficulties. Like this has been sort of a long running. uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? There's a lot of tension, we'll say. Um, And also what I am saying right now is not like 
I will fight for any human right that is theoretically being denied to her. I will also fight for uh, federal policies that would help better her life and the lives of her children. Like I will absolutely fight for that. If she comes back next month and is like, Hey, I got to love with you. I went to a shit ton of therapy and I was an asshole and I'm super sorry. We're good. We're fine again. That's totally great. Until she does that, until she, you know, builds the door to repair our relationship. Like I, this, I don't care this, about her. this is so funny because we asked this exact uh, question on our, on our, uh, when we sent out a questionnaire to to all of our um, listeners and to to our um, buttercups, and there was this one thing about you know making a road back for Nate, and I remember one person's response was like, "I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to make a road back, but let them know that they're going to do all the fucking paving. Yeah. Like they have to make the road back." Yes. So what I'm saying is, I guess like in that in that analysis of that situation, you made it clear there's no road back. Like we're we're fucked. There is no road back. Uh, I, I don't think that I did though. What I did was I decided she was handling something unprofessionally. So I was going to professional the shit out of it. I was going to be as professional in terms of routing it to the people who would handle it and having them discuss it with her instead of having me go to her office and um, scream at her about her terrible fucking Northwoods haircut. Like that's not what I'm going to do. Ouch. I'm going to send it in the right ways. Ouch. It's just that when she came back and she was like, let's have the." when she said, I'm sorry, she might've meant it. She might've done it in order to smooth things over because she knows she went too far over the line. When she said the shit, she said like, I don't think that she actually wanted to be my friend and go out to lunch and make things good between us. I think that that was a, I'm going to do these steps and then I won't get written up by HR because I've done what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I no, no, I had element. I, I, oh, go ahead, coach. No, I would just add an element to this, and I think it does matter in the context. Um, I would, I, I think, in the context of the show and some of how Boss described it, and some of what I had in mind when I was saying, like, nah, I don't know, who you think you're talking to? I think if you're if you've lived a life generally, so just your context or the greater context you are physically in is one where you are aware of not allowing people to go too far. Like if you're Dell, right? Like you better have some, not just, this is not boundaries is not some like theoretical thing to be discussed. Boundaries is like, I could be in danger soon. Like if people think they can mess with me, this is yes. a problem. Yes. And I hear you yep. saying the same thing. Yeah. I hear you saying like, see, if I let you get away with this, I'm inviting yeah. more trouble into my life. Coach, I hear coach saying, oh no, like this is a moment and I'm not inviting trouble. I experience, I think the, the situations that I'm thinking of are more like what you described, which is like, uh, yeah, yes. I, I can't, I can't let the word be out there that you can talk to Orlando like that. I just can't yes. let that be a thing in the world. I have to let, you know, say so Yeah. No, and I think that that it, I, I'm not going to say anything about indicative of uh, upbringings or anything else like that. But I do know that there is a, when you feel as if the assumption is people can be disrespectful and unkind, unless you force them not to be, the first reaction is forcing them to not be disrespectful or unkind. 
because you know that that could lead to trouble. And we obviously see with Dell that people will treat her like shit if they get a chance. So she needs to not give anybody a chance ever. It is absolutely more defensive. Oh, yeah. It is not it it is not interested in giving other people teachable moments. Like that is fucking not where she's coming from. But she hasn't had the you know space or the emotional surplus in order to do that. Like all of her focus has been on protecting herself. This is how she protects herself. I, I think that's right. I think it's right. And I and I will say for the record, uh I, I have avoided the the corporate space because the things that happen in that space. I don't like the language. I don't like the corporate bullshit. I don't like the, I was, I was clearing this off behind me because uh, I was in a situation. The last, the last like corporate gig I had was I was on this team and this lady started talking down to me. And I was like, I like, I was like, I literally (laughs) awarded in this space. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I know I, I've been doing this longer, you know, I just, I was like, okay. uh, So I talked to, uh, sort of a mutual friend at the company. I was like, what, what is the deal? And he sort of had a thing where he, he's like, okay, I better smooth this over. And he said, I think he rubbed, you know, rubbed coach the wrong way. And um, so she did the thing where she, she was like, Hey, sh- can we like have a little call and get to know each other? And whatever. I was like, sure. So we did, we did it. It was very nice. It was very pleasant. And I, I was open to it. I was trying to do that thing. And then maybe sit and it, it was fine for then on. It was fine. And I, I didn't trust her, but I didn't, I was like, okay, she's, she's a human. It's fine. Um, and then like six months later I was in this meeting. She didn't know I had called into the meeting late and that she started like attacking one of our products. She didn't know I was like sitting right there. And I was like, wow, like, wow, wow. Because for me, I was like, okay, we've just, we've done this thing. We've established like a protocol. And I was like, okay, she's just a like a corporate weasel, like a weasel, like a terrible, like you know, smile to your face and stab you behind in the back. And I'm like, it's I I don't I don't fault her as much as I fault the environment that this is what we build, this is how we build it, this is the thing that works, this is the thing that like you protect yourself with HR in a certain way. So so some of us are just not suited to that space, but um. Yeah, it makes sense to, to have establish these boundaries, boss. And and you know this is okay. So let's talk about that. Dell says uh, heart wants what the heart wants. Tracy, you, um, but uh, Tracy goes okay. Coffee, like she's like all right, like okay, like you. And Wayne goes uh, coffee. He just does it to like to bond with Dell, right? Doesn't even know what coffee is, right? Never had it before, uh, or he knows what it is, but he's probably never had, it, right? Tracy walks away. What does what does uh what does Dell say? Thank you, Tracy. Like, I was like, yeah, wait, wow, whoa. that yeah, was she, not. Yeah, no, that I was like, she Jesus definitely Christ. threw an extra elbow. Like, like I think she got it, Dell. I think she got it. Like, yeah, that 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 was just for fun. That was not to make her point. Um, I would like also to mention that I was watching with closed captions. And they uh, interpreted her as saying, the hot wants what the hot wants. Because oh. apparently her accent is yes. so th- The hot wants what the hot wants. Yep, the hot. Yeah, that's true. Also, the uh, character I couldn't remember from Mad Men is uh, Michael Ginsburg, played by Ben Oh, Coleman. I do. So yes, yes, that's, yes, yes. That's who yes, I meant. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I'm going to get waffles. Uh, is it good? Is it good? What was the thing? Uh, that's like your your niece or something that say, uh, 
church. What did she say? What did she oh, say? whose church? Whose church? Yeah. What's that? Oh, that's the church bells. <laughs> whose who's church? Whose church? Yeah. Ah. Um, is it good? I'm going to get waffles. Is it good? Waffles? Yeah. Yeah. Are they good? You ain't never got a waffle? I don't think. No. Jesus, fuck you. Like can see no man. What's that? It's a movie. You've seen a movie before, right? Yeah. I've seen a, a movie is what he says. All right. Well, this is one where the Hobbit guy from Lord of the Rings finds a caveman frozen in ice and he unfreezes him back alive, but he's a caveman. So he doesn't know anything. Uh, what anything in the modern world is. So the Hobbit guy teaches him how to like skateboard and shit. You know, you and know, I'm a, I'm just like, I'm just so easy for this brand of thing. Cause as it was said, I was like, that is a solid synopsis. Like, is it phrased <laughs> the way I would phrase it yeah. or the way it's going to show up on Netflix? No, but I was like, that is a totally solid synopsis of Encino Man. Like nicely done. Complete with the actor you've seen in blah, blah, blah. Like, it was like, this, it's well done. There was no doubt. It's also, Go ahead, boss. As much as uh, you guys said that Ted Lasso felt like a Gen X show, this makes me feel like it's a millennial show. Uh, because there was the the triple feature of Brendan Fraser in Encino Man and um, School Ties and... Jesus Christ, what was the one with uh, Robin Williams and what's-her-face? Fuck. I'm going to have to look it up in a second. Um, but when he came out in, like, it, the early 90s, it would... People think that they're discovering Brendan Fraser now. You have fucking no idea if you were an 11-year-old girl in the early 90s, the extent to which Brendan Fraser could ruin your entire fucking life. Like, he was so hot. It was amazing. And then he did Airheads. It was, give me a fucking break. Well, you know, it's... it's, School Ties. Go ahead, Coach. No, you got it. I was going to say, School school Ties came around casting to New England prep schools, casting kids. And I read for the Brendan Fraser part. And I read so well for it that they were like, holy shit. They were like, I, I was sitting there, like they looked up. So they just had kids coming through. And then I read and they both were like, they looked at each other like this. And then they were like, can you do that again? And they pressed record on the thing. So I did it again and I did a little, I did it even a little better. And then they're like, Jesus Christ. And like, okay, let's get a picture. And I stood up and they both went, oh, uh, that's too, that too short. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, that's it. So I could have been, that's too, you could have been Encino you Man. Been Brendan Fraser. Yeah. It, yeah. So it turns out it was Encino Man, School Ties with Honors is what I couldn't remember. And then Airheads. Just extraordinary. He's a beaut. What, what He's a beaut. And then he was in the Mummy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was his like Indiana Jones stuff, all that, all the Mummy stuff. Um, uh, and then he just won for the Whale, right? Uh, recently. So, um, uh, what's Lord of the Rings? And she says, "Shit's sake," which is again that language is spot on. That is that is regionally appropriate. All right. Uh, now we're now we're into into uh, back to Geller's uh, Sergeant Geller's office. All right, walk me through the incident, please. He's not making um, uh, eye contact with, with uh, of course, uh, um, uh, Del uh, Del's dad, um, who was played by Dean Winters, Bobby Lucetti. Uh, Coach, were you going to say something? Just quickly, uh, uh, Buttercup uh, Jana uh, pointed out that we did not point out that this is mayhem. Also, uh, I believe Ryan O'Reilly. I had to stop watching Oz for uh, reasons uh, we can get into some other point. But um, so, yeah. And and also, 
people don't always think of this, but he was uh, Tina Fey's boyfriend on 30 Rock and was brilliant. Oh, do you... Oh, no, Do no. you guys not? No, no. Is, is Dennis what, Duffy not that the is immediate? That's what I think. Oh, really? Is, yeah, like everything. Like I'm weird there is that Dennis way. Duffy. I feel like people don't reference that. But sorry, go ahead. The, hey, dummy. Does he know you're the Bieber King? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> that was the funniest fucking Technology line. is cyclical to this cyclical, day. Cyclical, yes. I can't think of that without just shaking my head and laughing. Because technology I, is cyclical. Yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for a call from I feel like uh, producer Luke's. Um, love of the laboratory line was me with Alec Baldwin sneaking in. Does he know you're the Beeper King? (laughs) Just fucking come on. So good. So good. Uh, All right. So um, yeah, Bobby's uh, sitting there across from uh, Sergeant Geller. Sergeant Geller's got his eyes fixed to his computer screen. All right. Walk me through the incident, please. Okay, kid. I don't know. 16, 17. So this is like the language is so good. I just want to call it the writing. It is so. It is just so fucking well done. It's exactly how people speak. It, it's just. It's just right. Um, uh, I don't know. Okay, kid. I don't know. Sixteen, seventeen years old breaks into my fucking house. Uh huh. And he assaults my boys over there. Busts up a perfectly good zenith. Like fucking. I love yeah. that. When I, was, I love that he called it a zenith. Yeah, I, I perfectly good. Zenith. Perfectly perfect. good. Because yeah. you saw the TV, and yeah. Right, it is it's an old-fashioned tube TV. I, I was like, Dell saw Encino Man on a VHS. I'm willing to bet a million dollars on that. Um, uh, and he salts my boys there, busts up a perfectly good zenith, and he bites off my fucking nose. Jesus, Sergeant uh, Geller says, not looking at him. Yeah, and now this little cocksucker is out God knows where doing with my daughter doing God knows fucking what, um, which I'm always like, yeah, you always think that because you're a f- – yeah, animal exactly and that's what you exactly. would be doing because you're yeah. disgusting and so of course but okay yes well this is not good says sergeant keller no shit sherlock um <laughs> look are you gonna put somebody on this or what because uh, i was watching dateline and they say like the first 48 hours are the most critical or some shit like that bingo i i again this is how people talk. It's, it's so it is so good it's right on the money uh, bingo! What you got? You got something? Uh, Starship Galaxy's life throws unexpected things our way, but if we stay the course and be brave, um, and he goes to his printer. Now, during this, what is going on in the background with the oh, genius? My God. I am so glad <laughs> you finally brought this around. <laughs> These two fucking dickheads, and I have to say it just that way, are literally playing. Like playing, like children. They are. They are not children. They are playing with the gun. They are playing with his gun, and it is. It is loaded. Like anyone who knows, I. I've learned a little about guns. I'm by no means whatever. But here's a list of things that you do and don't do. One, you always check if a gun is loaded. These assholes, obviously, know. And you never point a gun at something you don't plan to shoot. They're like joking around. One's pointed at the other one's chest. I'm like, you fucking morons. And so they're so so ignorant of what the fuck they're doing that they drop the clip out of the gun. And I don't know if they didn't notice it or didn't understand what that meant. I was like, what the... Yeah, so they are just. I think oh they were like, God. "Oh shit!" They saw the clip drop on. They're like, "Oh, put the gun down." The the gun. Uh, apparently, the uh, Sergeant Geller's been so distracted, he put his service. Uh, it's yeah, not a revolver. Like his service weapon. The, yeah. on the shelf on the way in. 
these idiots start playing with it, drop the clip out, go, oh shit. And he gets up. When he grabs something from the, when he, uh, Sergeant uh, Geller grabs something from the printer, he's like, how in the world? He notices the clip on the, on the ground, picks it up. And, and, and that's when you're like, oh, is it a, is it a model? No, it's his active weapon. Yeah, no, he his, puts it in his, the holster at that puts point. Puts it in his holster. It yeah. also makes you think about him, though, right? Like, this is the man who's in charge of, like, keeping an eye on crime. And meanwhile, there are three people in this room besides him, two of whom are playing with his gun, and he has zero clue of it. So it's like, oh, my. Oh yeah, my. What, what is happening here, right? Uh, um, again, I, I like I like the, the humanity of it. Um he grabs this piece of paper, studies it, walks out, says, you have my word, Mr. Lucetti. I'll find you, Doc. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, what does he say, boss? Dog? It's my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's her sister you're talking about. That's her sister. It's my fucking, it's my fucking daughter we're talking about. Everything will be okay, he says. Walking, it just doesn't even, he's just not even on the same planet as them right now. Um, you, Carl, Carl and Teddy, uh, um, like mumbling to themselves and of course mayhem gets up and peeks at the uh the screen and what does he see on the screen coach he sees and knows about uh the doctor's visit and uh you know the uh the the, the reason for the the ball check that started it all um so yeah the, the, every the, everyone's a mess like basically that's the lesson here the police are kind of a mess obviously this family's a mess it's all a big mess come on so we're back in the diner with with uh, Wayne and Dell. Dell says, "So he died like yesterday." Yeah. Well, are you going to go back for the funeral or whatever? Uh, no, I don't think so. Don't you want to like I don't know, dress him up in a suit, have some priests say some shit about God and stuff? I love she had. I love that. I know there's a way this is done. Like she has no real connection to what that would act, what that actually means, which probably puts her in a much bigger group than we think. But she's like, I think when somebody dies, you're supposed to like, I don't know, put them in a suit and have the priest say something. That's the way I remember it. I, I liked that she was. It wasn't. Don't you think there should be a funeral? Will you be saying the eulogy? Like it wasn't any of that. It was like I think after somebody dies, you're supposed to put them in a suit and call a priest. Like right, you know, yeah, yeah. And- and even the lowest like life form in the, in this neck of the woods uh, understands there are rules around that type of thing. Like everybody, it doesn't matter who you are, even if you're, you know, from the wrong side of the tracks or the sh- the, the shithole on Norton. Everybody follows these particular rules. That would be crazy not to. It's also part of what destroys everything around here and and keeps everything. You know, like these these accepted rules. That, that sort of way down on everybody you have to follow the rules and you know th- this it's just a sort of a it ends up being an anchor on a lot of I people. mean you could see um, her dad saying of course we're Catholics you fucking degenerates like yeah oh of course yeah oh for a hundred percent yes oh even though I was never baptized and even though my niece said whose church my mom still doesn't eat meat on Fridays now it turns out that as as of today, she doesn't eat meat, wow. period. She's given up almost everything other, other than fish. Right, right, right. But when but she was still. eating meat, she would, just not on Fridays. Yeah, it's amazing how those things like sort of sort of wiggle their way into your subconscious uh, or your conscious. Um, so uh, Wayne says, I poured gasoline on the house and I lit it on. F- I, I, pour- I poured gasoline on the house and him 
and lit it on fire. And the thing that jumped out to me there, Coach, was and him. Yeah. Imagine pouring gasoline on the on the on your father's dead body. I, I think that would be that that that. Holy mackerel! That that when he said and him, I I just couldn't get past that. I think I probably paused the first time I watched it. And was like, whoa. What I find, but see, what I find, and there'll be more of this in the episode. Um, certainly, we saw it in the first episode. There's sort of you know people talk about dissociating, and you know we 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 live in a time where you kind of get these psychological terms or whatever they get into the the, the uh, general jargon and all this kind of stuff. I don't, he doesn't, as I can tell, disassociate from the violence or the pain or the ugliness. He just doesn't flinch. And the show doesn't flinch either. And that's part of what I'm experiencing about the show. The show is the definition of unflinching. And I'm sure he thought, look, the right way, look, if I'm going to set this place on fire, I'm not going to have it so, like, there's some, like, kind of charred carcass of my father left. Like, I'm doing a thing. This is what I'm doing. I am torching this place and leaving it behind, so I'm going to do it correctly. It really is kind of Viking funeral-ish. As much as it seems so, like, ghastly on a certain level, it's almost more respectful on another level. Like, he, this is what I'm doing. I didn't just, like, throw matches at the house randomly and sort of like freak out i decided this was my course of action so it's it's for me it's both it's like both ghastly and sort of like oh that's even more respectful in an interesting way there's also an element of uh i'll burn this fucking place to the ground beard was going to do it because he was done with what that would have been you bring that benedict arnold back right right. exactly that's right and judas yeah yeah. if you bring that judas and wayne is saying like i'm burning this fucking place to the ground i'm out i mean and it's i I like that you said you say that there's um i i tend to like moments where people either show or embody something that we say rather flippantly and I always remember, because I used to use the phrase after I learned it, I said, oh, and so-and-so, they'll get hit by a bus or something, which was my sort of like, I don't really give a shit how they die. We'll, we'll figure that out later. And I remember watching Mean Girls on a plane. And when she got hit by that bus. She got hit I by a fucking, fucking bus. hollered on a plane. Like, yeah. I felt bad, but it was my honest response. I went, ah! <laughs> Like, I like... I was like, "Oh my god!" On a pl- I mean, it was really. I was very sorry, and it, but it was my honest response. Like, you really fucking did it. Like, that's a thing we say. Like, you're not supposed to actually have the person hit by a bus, but here it is. So anyway, I thought that like I love that he actually burnt this motherfucker to the ground. Like, that's what you say to say like I am so crazy that I'm done. yeah. And he's like, "No, no, I really am so crazy that I really will burn this motherfucker to the ground." In fact, I just did. What I love that coach. I really, really love what you said about how the show is unflinching and Wayne is unflinching, and and he knows what it, what it's about, and the show knows what it's about. Um, uh, the show is called. This episode is called No Priests. Um, when he says, "I poured gasoline on the house and him and lit on fire," Dell like absorbs that, and she goes, "Okay, no priest then." And I, and I was like, um, 
what does that mean? So like for me, it's like, oh, when you're in this New England, which is like sort of a pillar of Irish Catholicism, you know, like and and then a foundational structure as as sort of omnipresent and ubiquitous as the church is like, no, we're going to forego that. I feel like it means you're Han Solo. Like, you know what I mean? That you're, mm-hmm. you are off the reservation truly, mm-hmm. truly. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the choice of naming the episode that and establishing, like, if you won't even bring a priest to a funeral, <laughs> like, you know, you go, right, right, right. man, we are really, uh, we're doing this a different way. We are, um, we're living by our own rules. Yeah. Well, it also, there is an idea of the way that the priest represents the church and the church is represented. Like it, it is so much an idea of we're not having a priest that we are giving up the idea of holiness or godliness altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, the musical Rent, one of them that I actually do love the shit out of, um, there's a song where one of the characters during a breakup sings goodbye love. And my college roommate and I used to like just say that to each other when we were leaving. Okay, goodbye, love. And then we'd head out because um, we both loved it so much. But it's more so like the goodbye to this person that I love, but also goodbye to the idea of love entirely. Like g- goodbye to it in my life forever whatsoever. So I felt like there was a little bit of like, oh, no priest. All right. Well, like fucking no God, no church, no community in a lot of ways because it's so based on the church, like just no, none. I love that. I love it. Um, uh, I like how she she sort of roll, rolls with it. Um, and uh, can you walk us through uh, the next part here, uh, boss? Because I'm the thief? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so she is uh, sort of playing with the salt and pepper shakers. They're these little gnomes that interesting because those are supposed to be in gardens like it's a garden gnome but it's a salt and pepper shaker yeah i was like oh that's interesting but yeah go ahead yeah and then uh she takes the salt one and sticks it in her pocket and he notices she really doesn't notice him noticing that she's just like no i'm stealing this is mine um and so then after that she says uh so this car and he says my dad's car she said no the one outside with the tits on it not a car it's a truck so you're already wrong on that part but that's fine uh the one you dragged me out of my house in the middle of the night to go get that's rewriting a little bit he said would you like to come with me and she uh agreed to rather enthusiastically she says it's in florida and he says yeah i'm pretty sure you're pretty sure but you know where we're going right like you have an address uh well the city or town yeah uh i gotta go to the bathroom she immediately gets up okay I don't want to stop us there because all things will be revealed. But I was like, at that moment, I was like, the fuck? Like, it, it, I, it, I was, th- I, like, it, it, it did a good job of making me ask a question, right? Like, as, as much as like bringing you into a story, like to go, what's that? And I'm curious about that. It was him saying, I've got a town, a city or a town. I'm not sure which one. Was her all of a sudden going, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what? I'm going to Florida with a stranger on a bike that can't hold my ass up what the like immediately panic set in and she had to flee is what i thought turns out that's not exactly what happened i if you look at he he has a little nervousness around when he admits what he did with his dad and she gives him like oh no priest then and she gives him a look she's like oh 
okay. Like she raises her eyebrows. She knocks on the table a little bit like, okay. Like, and he registers that and he has a little uh, anxiety around it, a little uncertainty. Um, and so I read like exactly what boss said, like, okay, once, okay. All right. Well, let's talk about the plan. Oh, there is no plan. Okay. I gotta go to the bathroom. Like, like I, I definitely had read it like that. We come, we come to find out Dell's in the bathroom. Come on, you piece of shit. She's hammering on the, um, the tampon machine there, like the ancient, uh, it really is. I thought it was a like good, like visually, I thought it was like, just like, just to put yourself in, in a woman's uh, situation where you're like, really, are you fucking like, this is like from the 1800s, this fucking machine and it's empty and I tapped it and it fell off the wall and it's still empty. And like, I, I'd, I'd also like to point out yeah. that if you ever went into a restroom and it had like a, a little dispenser where you had to put in a quarter in order for them to give you toilet paper, you would lose your fucking mind. But for some reason, because women traditionally have been the only people that have gotten periods, we don't just hand out pads and tampons every which way. Be- there are higher taxes on feminine products or feminine product scarcity scarcity in some areas. It's such fucking garbage. Like, yeah. So you can understand how that's something that that should rightly be made a profit off of boss. I think that, oh, that, ma- that makes a lot of sense. It's um. by the way, it, in case the sex ed in the country is as bad as I remember it being, there are a lot of, especially dudes who believe you can just hold it. Like, why don't you just wait until you go to the bathroom? You can't, you can't hold it. It just, blood just drips out of your body. Like you you can't do anything about it. And these are the products, the ones that are supposed to prevent literal blood from coming out of you that they charge 25 cents for. The most annoying part about that isn't actually even that they charge you. It's who the fuck has quarters anymore. I have to go and find a dollar bill and then get quarters in order to make this happen. Break a dollar, right. All right. I, yeah. What in the absolute fuck? I was not encouraging coach earlier, but I now have it. We'll get tampon dispensers with the markup that take Apple Pay. <laughs> Boom! I would be so much happier. There you go. It would fit it. Suck it, Elon. I am leading the technological charge. All right, here we go. So we, so we, uh, she, she, she has no. Uh, you know, ability to get tampon. She calls to Wayne from the bathroom. Wayne, come here. What's the matter? She says, what boss? I need you to do what? I need you to buy me some tampons. To which he's like. Absolute horror for both teenage girls. I can only imagine uh, how it is for teenage boys. Oh yeah. They, they yeah. don't know each other. No. Yeah. Like this is like the yeah. first, like yeah. this is their first sort of issue. Yeah. Um, Not between them, but it's their first like, okay, we got to jump. There's an obstacle. Let's, what are we going to yeah. do? And how are we going to do it? And I think this is a key element of this part of the episode. This, you know, something that that is a, that is thematically very, very important is okay. Their first sort of obstacle. Um, you you don't know what a tamp tamp you do know you don't know what a tampon is, right? Encino man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what one is. Uh, okay, great. I normally would have packed some, but I guess I forgot. You know, put a bikini in there. I guess I forgot the tampons. Um, so I'm gonna need you to go uh, across the store and buy me across the store and buy me some and some pants, yes. sweatpants. Across the store was so great. I, I love loved that. It too. I need you to go across the store. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and some pants, sweatpants. Yeah, I'll, these are my only pants, and they currently look like a fucking Saw movie. Now, do we think Wayne has seen a Saw movie? No, I 
Probably not. Good it, 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 it'd be more likely to see that. It'd be more likely. More to likely, see, yeah, yes. Yeah. But yeah, still, that's funny. Yeah, and some of the some of my friends who come from this this type of family, horror is much more prevalent. Um, it, like the the movie du jour, you know, they really like the whole family will uh, you'll sit around and and uh, you know watch the hills have eyes or uh, you know saw or you know one of these like human centipede. The whole family. It's a uh, fun for the whole family. I'm like, wow, it is. I have a whole thing about horror movies, but, but, um, and like what they're actually doing and what they tap into. And I think it's like, you know, sort of like, again, it goes back to like when we were prey for 150 million years, it just taps into some primal thing that, you know, really, it's the same thing. It's like why people do uh, roller coasters, you know, like it's that, you know, that you can, you can manufacture that thrill, you know, as much as it's. Yeah, I don't have that. Whatever, I don't do it. I can't. Not my. Not my. Oh, family. really? Wait. So, boss, not so much with the horror. It depends on the kind of horror. I don't do anything gore or slasher necessarily. Yeah, like, it, it, so uh, the first Saw movie I saw and I thought was pretty mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. because there was it, it wasn't as gory, even though it was very horrific. Sure. And then after it became more of a like. We're going to figure out the most creative ways of killing this. Uh, the fucking human centipede. I, I'm having none of that ever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Am I doing that? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, no. I'm. My sense is like life. Life is enough. Life is pretty. Life is pretty. That's horrific. really my I, feeling. I do feel like. Yeah, I feel like I can get down more with like a, a Stephen King horror, especially yeah. because. Um, he admitted the other, not so long ago, one of the most horrific things he's ever done. His wife almost divorced him because he would not stop playing Mambo number five. Just over and over and over again. She was like, if you do that, that I'll leave hor- you. That is horror. Yeah. I, I, that song does something to me. Like It, it gives me ra- like true rage. The oh. whole, ah, that like that, like that oh. part. I'm like, oh my God. Why would you put this in your life? I, I don't. It's not like the song isn't catchy or whatever, but that that one sound it's, that the guy makes. Oh my god! Uh, mine is "How Far Is Heaven" by Los Lonely Boys. Which fucking what kind of name is that, guys? What are you doing? But I don't. I'm sure a lot of people loved it. It was on the radio a lot. It made me want to pull my fucking hair out every time you do the ah uh, ah. Uh, uh, god, I hate it. Yeah, no. B, the B fifty twos used to do that to me. Love Shack, baby. I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh my you're god, you're wrong I, about that. I know, I know, but I could. I'm just te- no. But I like Rock Lobster. Like, but it was just Love Shack. That Love one... Shack is amazing. Rock I, no, Lobster it is. sucks. It is. I get it. I get. It. Wait, Rock Lobster sucks. Is that what you just said. Yes, but Love Shack is amazing. Interesting. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. It's, it's cool to be wrong. Um. So, <laughs> um, this is uh uh. For, she goes. Oh, for shit's sake, Wayne, just go. And. He turns. He turns to leave. I used to um, do a bit. I may have told you all this before, but I used to do a bit about the first time. It was really like a con- conglomeration of shit to, to make the bit, but about the first time that um, Daphne asked me to go to the uh, to the store for her to get tampons, and because it really, I don't think I'm not saying it's okay because I don't know if there's anything men use that we would sort of say, oh, it totally is totally fine that women are completely ignorant of this thing and couldn't possibly figure out which one to get. 
But for men, it, like we're like, oh, oh. but really, when I went down that aisle, I'm not this part I'm serious about. When I went down that aisle, that was a brand of overwhelm I was not prepared for. Like I thought this would be like kind of like a bit embarrassing and whatever, but I remember standing there, not unlike Wayne, and being like, oh my God, like what the fuck are all these? And I then where the joke goes is then I saw a box and it said OB. And I was like, thank you, universe. I'm out of here. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's yeah. the way it should be, Coach. And that's the way it should be. Um, yeah. So anyway, but that was that. It, it is overwhelming, especially like I, I've been there in that situation. And then I go, it's not, it's it's also because it's you're like, okay, I know generally because I try to, I take pride in not being how, you know, I want to be like, I'm informed. I'm fine. I can do this. There's no problem. But then you go, there's just a lot of choices. And then I go, oh, this is like a personal, like, do you want wings? Do you not want wings? Do you like the feeling of this? You, you want, want wings. You want, yeah, you, boss, do, you do want wings. Some some people don't though. And some, you know, some people go, they go super. Like, what, what, what do you say? Like, uh, what am I? Like, <laughs> like, like, and other people are like, are you kidding me? You're going to give me a fucking baby size? Like, I right, like, like, like Keely, like, like Keely in that stall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you never know. You never, that kind of thing. So um, I remember I called Juliana one time. She sent me to whatever. And I'm like, um, I was just like standing in the thing. And I, the, being the idiot that I am, I call her up. She's like, hello. And I'm like, uh, could you describe your vagina for me? She's, and then she told me <laughs> exactly. She's like, you told me get these right here. I'm like, okay, thank you. Bye. Click like right yeah, away. That's like, funny. You're an idiot. That's funny. Um, well, so have I um, talked about, uh, you just said that you're an idiot for not knowing this. Have I discussed NASA when they had to send a woman into space, the comedy song? Have I mentioned this yet? I don't so, it, so I'll post no. it. It's um, Marsha Belsky, the comedian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who sang a song about how uh, when Sally Ride went into space for seven days, uh, they supplied her with 100 tampons. 100 for seven days. And then they asked, will that be enough? And as she points out in the song, these are literal rocket scientists. And they have to ask, do you need 100 tampons for, for seven Because days? I think as much as anything, and it was built into my joke wherein I get sent back to the store because there's cardboard and that's bad. And I'm like, I don't really want to know. There is a level of, yeah. please, God, just tell me exactly what to get. As little as I can understand this and get this mission over. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure they were like, I don't know, maybe 10. And some other guy was like. If we give her 10 and she needs 20, we got to talk about this more. Just put a hundred, just put a hundred on there. Just put a hundred. Yeah. But it's amazing that one, even for the smartest men in the country, this is something which they have absolutely no reference, no idea. None. Or even the ability to think it through and go, there are seven days in a week. What are we actually, what do we think women are doing? that we could possibly approach a hundred. Well, so that that's actually the other thing is that they're like, how can we figure this out? Like the immediate, the next action is not, why don't we go ask a woman? It's immediately like, let's just give her a hundred and that should be fine. That's a great point. Well, uh, sadly, women are not allowed to be aerospace engineers. So, you know, that prevents, you, you just can't have them on they staff because they don't. They don't have any famous movies about that. That's right. They, there isn't any book about underappreciated black women sending men to the moon. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing, right. nothing getting, all, getting all the credit for it. <laughs> 
okay, listen, I did not expect to have to parcel out uh, Wayne into 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 parts, but again, this is this is why I wanted to. Uh, we're we're going to stop there for Wayne today. Um, I don't want this to get too long, but I also I want to point out that it almost doesn't matter what the show is, and if the Buttercups and the listeners. We'll, we'll sort of roll with us along those lines. I don't even know if you have to watch Wayne to listen to this. We basically tell you what happens anyway. Um, I hope you, I would like for you to experience it because I love the show and I think it's worth it. Uh, but mostly it's a conduit for discussing some of these um, themes and some, some of these sort of moments and, uh, and we'll pull it all back to, to uh, in a relationship with Ted Lasso and, in and, various ways. Uh, but I really just want to say thank you to everyone who is uh, sort of riding along with us and enjoying the, the, uh, the little dalliance over into a different show. There will be before this thing is done, uh, there'll be many, many shows. And if this doesn't happen to tickle your fancy, I certain that we will find one that will, um, like I said, the pendulum will swing both ways. We will have shows that seem, uh, very gritty, and then there are there. The next show on 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 the docket is um, is is pillow soft. Uh, it, it is uh, boss is gonna fight to get through it, but um, but coach will love it. Um, so again, we have to. We're sort of gonna make sure that we we cover all the bases. Uh, but I want to thank everyone for joining us and for being part of this. Uh, coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? The podcast Unstuck AF. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you can also come on over to We Align and join that same conversation for all of us, being our best selves, living our best lives. Uh, boss, what about you? Uh, so still on Twitter, but also on Blue Sky, uh, figuring out how to do that more. Uh, it's dumbly underscore chambers. Also uh, writing at the antagonist, which is antagonistblog.com. I did a post about hot men and terrible hats recently. And um, I'm just realizing now, apparently going to fucking Riot Fest tonight. So that's the, I, I literally just bought the ticket right now. So when you hear this, I will have been rocked out by Braid. Thank you so much. What is the, uh, what fest are you festing? Riot Fest. Tonight is Riot Fest. Which, Tomorrow which is? Tomorrow is Illinois Wine uh, It's just a bunch of rock bands. In Chicago, Douglas Park. Tonight, uh, Foo Fighters are headlining. I am going to see Braid, specifically, a, a band from Chicago and Champagne that I love. And, and tomorrow you'll be going where? Oh, um, the Illinois Wine Fest. All of the most prestigious and best wines grown in Illinois. All right. Wow. That, mm-hmm. sounds, that sounds delicious. You're going to have to get us a bottle, boss. No, I won't. I'm not going to do that to you. I, I absolutely will not. I will say that uh, my best friend, Mandy, who I've mentioned on the show before, when we went a couple of years ago, there was uh, one wine called Sangarita, which, as the name implies, is uh, a sangria that tastes like margarita. And she bought 12 bottles. So there's no. something there for most people. She gave some away as presents, but yeah, she bought 12 bottles. Wow. Of sangarita? That's a lot of Sangarita. sangarita. Wow, mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay. Wow. okay. She sounds yeah. fun. Every time, we might have to have her on the show at some point. She she's, sounds fucking fun, man. She's so fucking amazing. She She's really the best. I've got great friends. She's one of the best people. Goddamn. 
I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, please support your local libraries and the written word. Support your actors and writers who are on strike and make the shows that you love and fill our hearts with, with joy and happiness and, and give us things to talk about um, like we do on this podcast. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for being part of this wonderful listener community and for, uh, for joining us on this journey. And we're going to keep searching for the beauty in everything. Uh, and, and it is it is remarkable to have uh, so many people all around the world uh, taking this ride with us. And, and we thank you for sort of diving into the deep end of the pool um, as we explore all of this. Uh, with that, until next time, we are Richmond. Richmond. Till we, we die. <laughs> till we boob. <coughs> we are Richmond till we boobs. <laughs> Oh, poor. Oh, oh God. Ted La- All the Ted Lasso creators are rolling over in their, uh, not graves, but something. Good Lord. How we've desecrated the brand. That's far. I love it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. The TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and The Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.